0: Hey, my name is Chris Brennan, and you're listening to the Astrology Podcast. This episode is a compilation of horoscopes for the month of November 2018 for all 12 rising signs of the Zodiac. As many of you know, I've been recording monthly horoscopes for my YouTube channel since July, but this month, astrologer Lisa Scheim joined me to record the horoscopes for November together. They actually came out so well that I decided to release an audio version of the horoscopes as episode 179 of the Astrology Podcast. I'm not sure yet if this will be a regular thing, and it will partially depend on the feedback I get on this episode. Each of these horoscopes is between 10 and 20 minutes long, and they were all recorded over the course of a day on November 30th, 2018. It was kind of a long day, and it was Lisa's first time doing horoscopes, but we had a lot of fun. I'm going to include timestamps on the description page for this episode on the Astrology Podcast website. That way, if you want to jump to when we started talking about a specific sign of the Zodiac, you can, instead of having to listen to all 12. Just go to theastrologypodcast.com slash episodes, find episode 179, and then scroll to the bottom of the page to find the timestamps. I recommend listening to these horoscopes from the perspective of your rising sign, although you can also listen to them from the perspective of your sun sign, especially if you have a day chart, or your moon sign, especially if you have a night chart. All right, without further ado, let's get to the horoscopes for November, starting with Aries. Hi, my name is Chris Brennan, and this is your horoscope for those with Aries and Aries rising for November of 2018. Uh, Joining me today is Lisa Scheim. Hey, Lisa, thanks for joining me.
1: Hi, it's good to be here.
0: All right, so this is a bit of an experiment. We've got a new podcast recording studio that we're just setting up, and we're going to do our horoscopes together this month as sort of like a co-team, co-astrologer. Mhm. the word for that.
1: Um uh, team teaching, I don't know. <laughs> sure, team
0: team <laughs> astrologizing. Right. Uh we've got our shirts on. I got my Scorpio shirt, you got your zodiac shirt.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh available uh, merch available at theastrologypodcast.com/store. Uh let's get into it for Aries for November of 2018. So, as always, I recommend looking at my horoscopes from the perspective primarily of your rising sign. If you have your ascendant in Aries, although you can also look at them from the perspective of your sun sign, especially if you're born with a day chart or your Moon sign, especially if you were born with a night chart. So let's jump right into it. So first, we've got um, just the the general round calendar for um, November. And this is the planetary movements calendar, which shows the shifts of the planets and which signs of the zodiac they're going to be moving through at different points over the course of the month. And It shows where they'll start at the beginning of the month and then where they'll end up by the end of the month. Um, And we've got it displaying all of the planets. The only one it doesn't show is the Moon because the Moon moves so fast it moves all the way around the zodiac. But we do show the two lunations, which is the new Moon that'll happen in Scorpio in the top right part of the chart and the full Moon that will happen in Gemini in the bottom left part of the chart. So um, this is the Aries rising chart. We're using whole sign houses, so especially if your ascendant is in Aries, Aries is your first house, and then the rest of the houses are numbered sequentially in zodiacal order. Um, where should we start? I mean, we also have the Planet Watcher um, planetary alignments calendar, which shows the sequence of when some of the major events will happen this month. Um, should we focus on the big one that, that happens—that's you know the, the elephant in the room—or where do you want to start?
1: Um, I mean, they kind of happen with three different distinct clusters this month, I would say. Um, so, yeah, we could start with Jupiter um, moving into Sag, and that's kind of clustered with two other things.
0: Sure. So, Jupiter is moving into Sagittarius. That's happening about November 8th. Mm-hmm. And this is a shift for those with Aries rising because Jupiter is leaving your eighth house of shared resources and finances. And it's moving into your ninth house of travel and education and um, interactions with foreigners and other topics like that. The ninth house is actually a pretty broad house in terms of astrological topics. And it's moving in there for a full year because Jupiter transits through a sign or through a house in your chart uh, for approximately about 12 months. So starting from November of this year until what? Probably around November of next year?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Okay. So um, what kind of things would you associate with a Jupiter transit through the ninth house?
1: Well, um, Jupiter in general expands anything it touches. And so that's one of its basic keywords. And so moving into the ninth house, which also has a kind of expansive quality to it because it's about broadening your horizons either geographically with long-distance travel, culturally with other um, foreign cultures. Um, or educationally through higher education or um, things involving religion, philosophy. It's about kind of expanding your, your horizons overall. So, Jupiter is kind of a, a natural thing to move into the ninth house. It, it matches up pretty well.
0: Right. Because so, so growth and expanding in, or expansion in your life, especially through learning new things. So, some people start a new course of education or they start learning about a new philosophy or um, the general theme of the ninth house sometimes is that which is foreign to you, like that which is foreign to you relative to where you started in life or where you grew up. So sometimes the sort of growth and expansion theme can come through traveling to another country or having an interaction with somebody from a foreign country or from a philosophical or religious background that's different from your own that somehow enhances um, things that you already knew and thought about your life.
1: Mm Mm-hmm yeah I would agree with that. Um, or things that give you kind of a a bigger perspective on life um, you know in the more intangible sense. you know so even um, politics can sometimes go there, but definitely religions, philosophies, even astrology traditionally goes in the ninth house. things that give you um, a bigger perspective overall on on life.
0: Right. Um, yeah, definitely I've seen some people like start learning astrology or take courses on astrology during um, such a transit, um, definitely having growth spurts at school. Sometimes um, having a change in their philosophical or religious beliefs or suddenly becoming much more interested in like philosophical or religious things can be a major component of that transit. So this is something we're going to be talking about a lot, I think, over the course of the next 12 months. We don't necessarily need to dwell on it too much, but this is a pretty big shift having Jupiter going into a new sector of your chart over the next 12 months. And for some of you, um, the, the early part of that transit is going to be more important. For some of you, it'll be more the middle part of that transit several months from now. And for some of you, it won't be until the very end of that transit that it becomes much more significant if it starts hitting specific points in your natal chart. Um, but for just about all of you, as soon as it changes signs, you should start to see some of the Themes and topics associated with that transit starting to develop or starting to shift in your life, sometimes in very subtle ways, that will start sort of moving or heading in that direction.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would agree. And, you know, it should be also a little bit more notable as a Jupiter transit because for the last year it's been transiting your eighth house, which, um, while it can be associated with shared resources, um, as you mentioned, Chris, um, it's a little bit more hidden, I would say, as a house. And so you may feel the um, the shift a little more notably as it goes into the ninth house as well as in its own sign because it can express its natural Jupiterian qualities much more clearly in its own sign of Sagittarius.
0: Definitely. So, that's definitely one of the biggest transits that's happening this month. Um, in terms of other transits and in terms of the sequence of things, there's a few other ingresses happening as well. So, one of the ones that's happening later in the month towards the middle of the month is Mars changing signs and moving into Pisces around November 15th. So this is partially interesting to me because for those with Aries rising, I've been talking about this transit because it's been going through Aquarius for several months now over the course of the past year because Mars actually stationed retrograde and, and started moving backwards um, through Aquarius at one point over the summer in the Northern Hemisphere. And it was traveling through your 11th house of friends and groups and alliances, which sometimes can indicate a period in which uh, there's greater problems with friends or challenges or difficulties or setbacks or sometimes even um, strife and conflict are pretty common Mars themes that can sometimes manifest themselves um, in a person's life. And if it's going through your 11th house, that would be in the sphere of friendship or groups and alliances. So for some of you, you may have experienced this as a period of having some separations or having some difficulties with friendship. But the good news is that with that transit ending in the middle of November, whatever the circumstances were surrounding that, it should start to lessen a little bit as we finally move out of that transit of Mars through your 11th house.
1: Mm-hmm. True. And For those of you who it wasn't as much strife, but maybe just a lot of work or effort around the areas of friends or groups, um, which would usually be more people with night charts, um, it's still kind of good news because it's been an emphasis for so long that you finally kind of get to switch topics um, a bit after this kind of abnormally long stay in Aquarius.
0: Yeah. Even with the the night chart people who that transit would have been a little bit easier for, it probably still would have been... Putting much more energy and like emphasis towards friends and groups than you do typically at other points in your life, which in and it of itself can sometimes be taxing or, or tiring after after a while.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely.
0: So that's the good news, bad news, uh, or potentially challenging news is that Mars is moving into the twelfth house, and the twelfth house is one of the more challenging houses, um, where the eleventh house traditionally in ancient astrology dealt with friends. The 12th house dealt traditionally with enemies or with people that somehow work against you or that have um, interests that do not necessarily coincide with yours. And so sometimes a transit of a, a challenging planet like Mars in the 12th house can indicate um, running into greater challenges or obstacles or difficulties with those people whose interests don't necessarily align with your own.
1: Mm-hmm. It can be. And again, the Mars transit um, through the 12th may be more difficult for those with Day charts, um, you know, the, the other way that Mars transiting through the 12th, or one of the other ways, um, that it can play out is just a lot of emphasis more on your behind the scenes life. Um, so, and particularly time spent in seclusion by yourself. Mm. And so, and I often find that it's a big, it can be a little disorienting shift for transits going from the 11th to the 12th because the 11th is such a social house. And then it moves suddenly right afterwards into this really internal house. Um, and so, don't be surprised if about mid-month and, and on, um, there is a sudden shift um, from kind of putting your efforts towards the larger social sphere or towards your friends into um, kind of a, a quieter space, but putting effort towards that, if that makes sense.
0: Sure. So, maybe a more of an inward shift in emphasis rather than an outward one.
1: Mm-hmm. And it can be good to know that that's what that's doing because otherwise, people can often get frustrated with kind of um, it's not a time where your outward efforts are usually quite as um, effective as when Mars is somewhere else.
0: Sure. All right. Um, so that's the Mars transit. We'll talk more about that next month since that that's going to be ongoing. It's something that just starts in the middle of November, but it's going to last for I think at least a month. It's going to be moving through Pisces.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, usually about six weeks. Yeah. Yeah, if mm-hmm. not
0: longer. So, Um, Other transits going on this month that are important to mention, Um, we have a new Moon earlier in the month that takes place in Scorpio in your 8th house right around November 7th. And um, a new Moon is typically a period in which you lay the seeds or foundations of something that will then grow and develop over the course of the next 6 months until eventually there's a full Moon in that same house and you see um, the The ripening or the bringing to completion of some of the events that you brought uh, that you started or initiated at the new moon so the eighth house um, traditionally has to do with shared resources or financial matters involving other people in your life especially um, if you have a partner if you work with a business partner or a romantic partner uh, it can indicate some sort of new foundation either in in their life with respect to finances or with respect to your shared finances with that person
1: mm-hmm and what's really interesting about the timing of that is this new moon is happening just one day before Jupiter leaves that same house, when Jupiter's been there a whole year, but on the very last day that Jupiter is in your eighth house, there's a new moon there. So to me, that kind of symbolically, at least potentially represents some new start um that is it's like a, a, a like a smaller new start that comes from the larger transit that's been happening all year.
0: Right. Um yeah, so that's an interesting change happening. You can see it right there in the Planet Watcher calendar where the new moons on the 7th and then Jupiter transits out of that sign and into Sagittarius on the 8th.
1: Mhm. Yeah. And, um, I mean, it's also interesting that the day before that, Uranus station or sorry, retrogrades back into Aries for the very last time. Mm -hmm. It's been in, it was in Aries for seven years approximately, and it's now moved into Taurus, but it'll retrograde back just for four more months from November through the beginning of March. And that's particularly important since as an Aries sun or Aries rising, that's, that's your sign that it's retrograding back into. And so, that kind of indicates the last little bit of a completion of um, kind of a a longer many-year period of kind of innovating um, your identity.
0: Right. So innovations in identity and changes both sometimes in terms of the body very literally in a physical sense and other times more in a sense of psychologically or mentally and in terms of one's character. So that was a long-term transit of of Uranus going through your first house or th- through your rising sign that started when did Uranus go into Around Aries
2: 2010
0: 2010 mm-hmm. okay so and that's being brought to completion now and over the last few months we're going to see the final final phases of that where Uranus kind of dips back into Aries just to just to make sure you got the point of that transit and in in order to finalize whatever the the lasting changes were that that transit made as it went through your First house over the course of the past most of the past decade. Mm-hmm. All right, so that is good. That's all taking place largely in the first half of the month. Then going back to the the middle of the month, there was one other major transit I wanted to mention, which is Venus um, has been retrograde in Scorpio, and what happens as we can see in the the circular chart is it actually retrogrades from Scorpio and falls back into Libra. And it's it's already done. I think it's already in Libra by the time we start the month. But mm-hmm. it actually stations direct in Libra um, on November 16th of this month, basically, in just a couple of weeks, halfway through the month. Venus stations direct mm-hmm. in your 7th house of relationships. So that's kind of a double whammy for those with Aries rising because on the one hand, Venus itself generally represents relationships. Um, but the 7th house in particular for those with Aries rising is also the sector of the chart that specifically relates to relationships in a person's life. So, this could be um, some relationship issues coming up. Retrogrades are sometimes a, a revisiting or a return to old relationships or sometimes reassessing uh, current or present relationships. Um, and nowhere is that more uh, m- more of the focus than right there around the middle of the month around the 16th.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's the retrograde period that has been going on for some time. And so, um, the station direct period, it's not that it's over. It's more of like a punctuation. It's like an exclamation point of, um, you know, things are starting to turn around. You may notice an event or, or an incident come up that's related to the kind of reviewing process that has been going on. Um, and it's, you know, a, a time where there's more focus on that. And then it can start kind of moving forward and hopefully being ironed out, whatever, um, reviewing process that has been going on.
0: Right. And since it's, I think it stations direct at 25 degrees of Libra, this would have been a degree that it actually passed uh, several weeks ago, like maybe a month or two ago, it would have moved over that degree. So it could be even returning back to something that happened um, that you thought was over, but that was still sort of up in the air or something wasn't fully brought to completion about that in terms of relationships or partnerships that you have to return back to in order to bring it to completion here in November. Mm-hmm. Um, for other people, a retrograde can be even, even more significant because it happens in the same spot in our chart approximately every eight years. So sometimes you want to go back and look and see what happened eight years ago around the same time of the year in 2010 to see if there's any similarities or if it's connecting that period of time with anything that's happening during this period of time. Mhm. All right, so that is the Venus retrograde. Um, other than that, the only other major transits I meant to touch on this month are the uh, the Sun moves into Sagittarius on the 22nd, and then immediately after that, we get a full Moon in Gemini on November 23rd. And for those with Aries rising, this is your third house. Um, so a full Moon is usually a culmination of events that began six months earlier um in this case it's happening in your third house which is the house of um communication sometimes types of education uh siblings is the family member that the third house pertains to so for those of you with siblings it could be a culmination of events with respect to your relationship with them um it can also have to do with short distance travel so sometimes taking a significant short t- short distance journey even though that doesn't seem like something that can should stand out um can be reflected by a transit like that
1: mhm yeah definitely yeah, travel is kind of one thing that's a little bit more highlighted um, for you at this time because of the the Jupiter moving into the ninth and the Sun eventually later in the month moving into the ninth and then the full Moon in the 3rd. Um, one other transit that's happening around the same areas is the Mercury retrograde this month, which will happen, it'll station retrograde in mid-month right around the same time as Venus stations direct. And it'll station retrograde in Sagittarius, Um, the same sign, the same place that Jupiter is moving into. And so, um, what's kind of good to know about that is while you're having um, a potential for expansion in ninth house topics, and um, particularly after the Sun joins Jupiter um, about the third week into the month, there's also going to be a reviewing process at the very beginning part of that. Um, And so, Mercury going retrograde in the ninth um, could potentially either bring back, um, things that you've explored before, either in regard to maybe revisiting decisions around schooling. Um, you know, education is often a ninth house thing or, um, something having to do with other, um, yeah, just religion or things like that. Um, so it's just good to know that that's happening as well because it might not feel as pure of a, a beginning. Um, or a pure of an expansion right at the beginning of that transit, but just know that that's why, and there's still going to be a much longer process. Um, that's just kind of a little bit of a a mixed energy as it starts.
0: Yeah, so Mercury retrograde is always about revisiting, um, rethinking, sometimes reestablishing communication or um, renegotiating things in the ninth house. Again, that's bringing up those themes of what we think and what we believe and what we think we know. But the Mercury retrograde um, happening there in the middle of the month might be asking us to question some of those things or or revisit some of the things that we think we know because things may not be as clear as we thought that they were, which is kind of emphasized even more by the fact that Neptune is stationing uh, this month square Mercury. So there's some issues with um, a lack of clarity in communication or sometimes miscommunication either accidentally or sometimes deliberately um which can sometimes be a bit of an issue.
1: Mhm. Yeah, for sure. And I would say with um that mercury stationing retrograde from the ninth square Neptune in the in your 12th especially as it's slowing down to station as well. Um it could be more of a time to or you may find yourself getting a little bit more um Fuzzy or in, into the mystical side of you know any sort of cosmological expansion or worldview expansion at the beginning of this. That's not to say that's how it'll feel the entire year, but that may be kind of the first month of it.
0: Yeah, just make sure you don't get get carried away. Yeah, and don't get don't get lost in the fog. Right, exactly. All right, um, I think we covered a lot. That's actually uh, pretty much all of what I wanted to cover this month in terms of major transits. So we mm-hmm. we turned what's supposed to be like a ten or fifteen minute episode I think in about 20-22 minutes. (laughs) So I think we'll go ahead and wrap it up here. So that's pretty much your horoscope for for November of 2018 for those of you with Aries and Aries rising. So uh, yeah, thanks a lot for watching. Thanks, Lisa, for joining me today.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me. Thank Uh, you for watching.
0: People can find out more information about your work at lisashime.com.
1: Yes, Okay. consultations, elections, etc.
0: Awesome. And if you want one of our awesome astrology t-shirts, Uh, that we now have on sale for the astrology podcast. I'll link to those in the description for this episode. If you like this uh, horoscope and you want us to return and do it again next month, please let us know in the comments section. Please be sure to like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. And with any luck, we'll see you again next month. All right,
2: All right, (laughs) bye-bye.
0: Hi, my name is Chris Brennan, and this is your horoscope for those with Taurus and Taurus rising for the month of November of 2018. Uh, joining me today is Lisa Scheim. Hey, Lisa. Hi, Chris. And we're going to be going over the planetary transits and the ingresses over the course of the next few weeks. So let's jump right into it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: All right. So um, first, let's start off with just the circular chart which shows uh, where the planets will start at the beginning of the month and when they're, where they will end, like where they'll end up by the conclusion of the month at the end of November. Um, so we've got a bunch of major ingresses this month. The big one, of course, is Jupiter moving from Scorpio into Sagittarius, where it'll stay for the next year. But we also have Mars moving from Aquarius into Pisces. Uh, Venus is going to station direct in Libra. We're going to have Mercury go retrograde in Sagittarius. And we'll have uh, a couple of lunations in Scorpio and a a new moon in Scorpio and a full moon in Gemini. So in terms of the chart for, um our friends with Taurus rising where should we where should we start
1: well um i think we could start with uh, jupiter moving out of scorpio and into sagittarius so jupiter for the past year approximate year has been in scorpio which for you taurus or taurus rising is your seventh house of partnership both personal and business and one-on-one encounters in general so that could have expanded that area um for you in the past year but now jupiter um with about a week into November, November 8th is moving into Sagittarius, which for you is your 8th house. And the 8th house has to do with um shared resources, um also sometimes mortgages, debts, loans, student loans, uh, things like that. Basically financial matters that are not purely just income.
0: Yeah, and and financial matters where somebody else is involved. Sometimes it can be A partner, like a business partner, and other times it can also be like a romantic partner in a one on one relationship. Mm -hmm. So Jupiter is the planet of growth and expansion, and it's finishing that sort of growth and expansion transit in your seventh house. And now it's bringing some of those growth and expansion themes to your eighth house of shared resources. So sometimes this can mean um, the resources of your partner um, starting to expand. So perhaps your partner, um, either your romantic partner or your Business partner perhaps gets a raise or some t- somehow has a financial windfall that's positive for them, but may also indirectly affect you in some way, is a pretty literal manifestation of that transit, as one potential.
1: Yeah, I've definitely seen that happen. So, one's partner um, starting to make more money, getting some sort of influx that helps you as well.
0: Sure. Um, and sometimes investors
1: as well. So, people coming in with money that help you out in some way.
0: Right. Or sometimes I've seen eighth house things be tied into taxes and people getting mm-hmm. like more of a tax refund than they expected or having, um, the eighth house actually traditionally is also the place of inheritance. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it can be having a financial windfall from a relative for some reason. Um, yeah, but th- those are all, this is probably going to be especially more positive for those of you that were born with day charts, whereas Jupiter transits are a little bit, um, not quite as like overtly positive for those of you with night charts. Um, yeah, but this is a transit we're going to be talking about a lot over the course of the next year since it's, it's a 12-month transit that starts in November but goes on for about a year or so. We'll probably have much more to say about that in, in the coming months. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's some other transits? If we're going through this chron- chronologically, so Jupiter makes that ingress into Sagittarius on November 8th.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, right before that, we have a new Moon in Scorpio in uh, the 7th house. And the 7th house, of course, as we just said, is the place of relationships. While a new Moon is typically like laying the seeds or the foundation for something that will grow over the course of the next 6 months. So, this could be either starting some sort of new relationship or new partnership. Um, or alternatively, it could just be starting a new phase of a relationship that already exists.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. And this isn't true for everyone, but oftentimes when there's a movement of um, a transit from the 7th to the 8th, which we have with the Jupiter having been in your seventh for a year and then moving now into your eighth. There, it's more of a move from a, a, an existing partnership that then moves into joining your finances more. And so, if that is the case for you, that can be a bit of a part of that um, new moon in Scorpio in your seventh house of partnership, just the day before Jupiter moves into your eighth house of shared finances.
0: Right, that makes sense. It's interesting how closely that's happening. That the new moon happens on. Like the seventh, and then right away, right after that, Jupiter moves into Sagittarius on the eighth. Mm-hmm. So there's some sort of connection there of being a shift in relationships for those with Taurus rising this month for sure.
2: Right.
0: Um, all right. So that's more towards the early part of the month. Then we get into the second sort of block of shifts that happens um, in that week. What is it like towards the middle of the month? Mm-hmm. Um, the first one is Mars is going to ingress or move into the sign of Pisces. On November 15th. And so this is a shift of Mars moving from... It's been going through Taurus's 10th house of career and reputation and social standing for several months now because Mars actually went retrograde there. And so this has been an an elongated transit that lasted for much longer than it normally does because Mars literally slowed down and stopped in that that sign, uh, retrograded and moved out of it, and then came back again. So this is actually kind of a big shift in terms of the overall year because this is the first time in several months that Mars is finally going to leave the 10th house of career where sometimes it can either, in the best case scenario, indicate um, a greater expenditure of energy on career or in that sphere of the person's life. And in the worst case scenario, it can indicate some frustrations or conflict or sometimes strife with bosses or sometimes just in the context of career. And now Mars is moving into the eleventh house of friendship and alliances and groups.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's kind of a, a respite from you know, however you experienced that Mars transit in your tenth house of career. You know, whether that was more constructive for you, you were just putting a lot of effort there, or whether you actually had conflicts around the subject of career. Either way, um, it's it's kind of a, a much longer than usual emphasis on that topic. And so Mars will now be moving its emphasis into your eleventh house, which again could either go um you know one or two, one of two ways or possibly a mix um either putting more effort into your friendships and needing to for some reason or working with groups um putting more efforts there or other um other ways it can go of course is the more strife filled so mm-hmm. conflict with friends or um you know conflict around groups
0: right sometimes mars can indicate uh, severing and separations which can indicate sometimes like a falling out or a severing with friends other time it it can be more deliberate like needing to take a break from a friend or maybe remove yourself from a friendship if you find that it's no longer serving you in a positive or constructive manner
1: right yeah and another literal way it can play out is like a, a friend having um problems
0: right a friend just like objectively that happening and that somehow affecting you or not affecting you but just being in your sort of field of vision, because it's somebody that's important to you, that's a friend in your life that's somehow going through challenges or difficulties at this time,
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah. all right, so that transit starts this month, it starts in the middle of November on the fifteenth, but that's something that's gonna go through for for several weeks, so we're gonna return back to that and talk about that more next month, so I think that's that's good for now. Mm-hmm. um What are some of the other ingresses? so the other ones that we wanted to talk about this month, I guess um, if we're looking at the planet watcher calendar, we see that immediately after Mars um, moves into Pisces, we've got two planetary stations, which is kind of notable on the same day on the 16th of the month. One of them is Venus stationing direct in the 6th house in Libra, and the other is Mercury stationing retrograde in the 8th house in Sagittarius.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, Mercury stationing retrograde in the 8th house, I would say and, and it's stationing exactly square Neptune. Now that isn't shown on the on the calendar view, but um, by degree, it's extremely close. And so while you're getting a new start with that Jupiter transit into your eighth house of shared finances or other people's money, there may at the very beginning of this new year-long transit for you be a little bit of either confusion or um, miscommunication or something like that that's temporary. It's not going to indicate that that's the way it will be for Uh, the whole Jupiter transit, which is 12 months. But um, just for the very first few weeks or so, I mean, Mercury um, goes retrograde um, mid-month and then it'll go direct in December. So while it's good to kind of um, be aware of new potential starts um, in expansion in shared resources, you may want to be a little bit cautious since it might involve money um, at the very beginning of it. And just make sure you're really clear on the details because what Mercury can often Mercury Neptune or Mercury retrograde, um, much less both at once, can often do is be um, provide confusion around details,
0: right around facts. So be careful about uh, miscommunication around that Mercury retrograde, especially miscommunication involving shared financial things or contracts, since that's stationing retrograde in the eighth house. That's even more the case. Be careful about miscommunication since it's squaring Neptune in the 11th house of friends. So especially if you're getting into some sort of financial agreement with a friend around the middle of the month, especially be careful that you've read the contract carefully and there's not anything that you're misunderstanding or anything that's hidden or that could be problematic for you if you don't fully understand it or if there's something like in there that's you know, problematic for you that you don't realize at first, you want to be sure to, what's the phrase, like dot all of your I's and cross all of your T's.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So to speak. Yes, that is the phrase. Um, I had to think for a second. Um, you know, and if it is something, not everyone will have this situation, of course, but if mm-hmm. you do have a situation like this, it might be worthwhile if you're signing any contracts that involve shared resor- uh you know, shared finances to wait a few weeks until Mercury goes direct.
0: Yeah, I mean, I probably, unless I really, really had to, I probably would not like sign a contract, especially with a friend involving shared resources or like lending money in the middle of the month unless I really had to.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's something to be aware of. While it will be an area of expansion for you, it's not going to be crystal clear right at the beginning.
0: Sure. So that's going on especially around the middle of the month. And the other thing we mentioned was Venus stationing direct in Libra in your 6th house. And the 6th house is the place of work, um, health matters, and subordinates. So Venus is actually returning back to some degrees or a spot in the zodiac that it was in several weeks ago so that it's returning back to something that you perhaps thought that you'd finished but you need to return to in order to fully bring to completion. So, this could be something pertaining to your work. Um, The sixth house is also the place of subordinates. So, if there's somebody that works underneath you or like is employed by you, it could be returning back to or revisiting something regarding your relationship with them. Um, It can also be sort of revisiting something with respect to your health routine and needing to maybe make some adjustments or. Um, just revisit what your routine is and if it's working as optimally as possible. For some of you, especially those of you with day charts, this could be a very positive development of returning back to and deciding to do something better that then has a positive or a very constructive influence on your life.
1: Hmm. Yeah. And, um, you know, anytime we're in the context of a planet stationing direct, it means that there's already been this process of going on for the past while of um, reviewing or having to go back to something, as you said. And so this is kind of just a major turning point within that larger process that's already been happening for you. So you can just kind of think about what's been going on in those areas with, those top- with respect to those particular topics in your life. And that's probably what, what it will most likely pertain to as a turning point around that.
0: Definitely, and then uh, the final thing that we wanted to mention happens later in the month, and it's the other lunation this month, which is the full moon at uh, in Gemini that takes place on the twenty third. And in Gemini, that's going to be the second house for those with Taurus rising. So a full moon in the second house usually a full moon represents a culmination of events which began or that you started uh, sometimes very subtly six months earlier, and now we're seeing the other end of that, which is the the fruit or the um sort of coming to fruition of that which you initiated earlier this year with respect to money and finances and possessions um so it's some sort of culmination in that specific sphere of your life
1: mhm and that's actually kind of interesting um with all of this with the planets moving into your 8th house which is the other major financial house in, in the chart um and that being more of a an influx or a new energy but then the full moon later in the month being um, in your second house of income. and while they don't govern in exactly the same areas, there's certainly a lot of crossover. Right. So there could be some interaction between those two things. And particularly if for you this is related to jobs. Um, you know with Venus also stationing direct in your sixth house of daily work, that may be something related you know to a positive development or, or movement forward within job and therefore income.
0: Yeah, that's actually a really good point, especially because that whole especially in modern astrology like the 2nd, 6th, and 10th are kind of like the career, work, um, and finances axis and having that positive station of Venus um in the 6th house being the place of work, having a full moon or culmination of events in the 2nd house of finances, and then having Mars like depart from the 10th house of career Thus, removing perhaps some some irritation or some potential challenges in terms of career, that all seems um, very positive. Like you know, going up a level or or finally um, completing some challenges and getting to the other side.
1: Yeah, potentially. I mean, that that's sort of like best case scenario. You know, I've, as we've talked about, it can be sort of more extreme or more toned down, depending on you know whether the planet is more helpful or just kind of more mild for a day or a night chart. Um, I mean, another scenario I can think of if someone's been having Mars transiting their tenth and of career, and it's been more of a conflict kind of area for their career for a while, is um, you know you could get like maybe the the job you've been in has not been working out, but then you get like unemployment or something, you know, with Jupiter moving into your eighth house. Um, you know, so there's different ways this can play out and not just one, but um but in some fashion something should be getting better around career or work and there should be movement or a, um you know, a small culmination plus kind of a new beginning with regard to finances.
0: Definitely. All right, cool. Well, I'm trying to look and see if there's anything else that we forgot to mention, but that's pretty much it. A lot of these other Major outer planet transits are things that I've touched on in previous months' horoscopes, like Saturn transiting through the ninth house in Capricorn, uh, Neptune going through the 11th house of friendship, and Uranus kind of moving back and forth uh, across the first house and the 12th house for those with Taurus rising. In fact, Uranus is moving out of the first house and moving into the 12th, but that's not going to become hugely relevant probably until Uranus comes back into Taurus sometime here in what, a few months? In early March, yeah. Early March. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we got some time until that happens. All right, well, I think then that that's pretty much the end of this horoscope for November of 2018. Mm -hmm. So, thanks for joining me today.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me.
0: Uh, People can find out more information about Lisa at her website, which is lisashime.com. Thanks a lot for watching the video. If you enjoyed it, please be sure to like the video and subscribe to my channel if you want to see more videos like this in the future. Uh, If you'd like to support my work with the Astrology Podcast or my YouTube channel here, you can always support us through my page on Patreon, which I'll link to at the end of this video or in the description below the video. And Lisa and I actually do a 45-minute monthly podcast on auspicious electional dates each month where we outline four or five of the most um, positive or auspicious dates for beginning new ventures or undertakings that we can find each month that is a, a benefit for for patrons of the Astrology Podcast Um, who donate on certain tiers each month.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: All right. So that's it for this episode. So thanks a lot for watching, and we'll see you next time. Yeah, thank you. Hi, my name is Chris Brennan, and this is your horoscope for those with Gemini and Gemini Rising for the month of November of 2018. Uh, Joining me today is Lisa Scheim. Hey, Lisa. Hi, Chris. All right. So let's jump into the planetary transits for the month of November. So uh, here's a, a transit chart that shows where the planets will start in the zodiac at the beginning of the month and how far through the zodiac they'll get by the end of the month. So, it's pretty handy in showing you especially the ingresses of the planets into the different signs when they move from one house in your chart or one sector of your chart to another. So, in fact, we do have a few major ingresses this month. Um, I think we were trying to go more or less chronologically uh, with our last one. What do you think about that?
1: Mm-hmm. That sounds good.
0: All right. So, um, the big shift very early in the month takes place on the eighth. And this is one of the biggest, has to be the biggest transit of the month. I think it's Jupiter moving into Sagittarius, uh, which is thus moving into the seventh house of the chart for those of you with Gemini rising. Uh, and I always recommend looking at my horoscopes from the perspective of your rising sign primarily, although you can also look at them from the perspective of your sun sign, especially if you have a day chart or your moon sign, especially if you have a night chart. So for those of you, though, with Gemini rising, uh, Jupiter will be moving into your 7th house, and the 7th house pertains to relationships. And Jupiter is ty- typically the planet that represents growth and expansion. So sometimes this can represent very literally the growth and expansion of personal one-on-one relationships in your life over the course of the next year. Because although this transit starts um, on November 8th of this this month, it's actually a 12-month transit, so it's going to last for the entirety of the year.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so basically personal partnerships, business partnerships, have room for expansion, any one-on-one major activity. Um, It's also just benefits from others. It's a very interpersonal house.
0: Right. Um, Yeah, benefits from others. Um, Somebody could be coming into your life either in a romantic partnership or a business partnership that could benefit you in some way or lead to growth and development in your life in ways that you aren't necessarily anticipating at this point. Uh, that's a pretty typical like Jupiter in the seventh house type transit manifestation.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and all charts are different, of course, but um, it is often a time of new relationship or um, an expanded sense of relationship if you're already in one.
0: Right, definitely. Um, so that's going to be starting on November 8th. It's going to last. We're going to come back to and talk about that transit a lot over the next few months. So we don't need to necessarily dwell on it here, but that is the start of a pretty major 12 months transit for you. Mm hmm. Um, Other things going on this month, early in the month, we have a new Moon in Scorpio, which is taking place in your 6th house, and that's happening um, on the 7th of the month. Mm -hmm. So, new Moon in the 6th house, the 6th house represents work, health, sometimes um, subordinates or people that work for you. So, um, this can represent a sort of new beginning or laying the foundations of something that will grow and develop in that area of your life over the course of the next 6 months.
1: It can also be um, sort of a smaller new start that kind of is the tail end. It's the last day of the entire year long transit of Jupiter through your sixth house. And so it can be also a smaller new start within that larger process that has been going on.
0: Right. So, growth and development in either the workplace or with respect to health and your body. Mm -hmm. So, some people will start um, a new phase in like a diet or exercise regime at this time with a, a new moon in the sixth house um other people could start a new job or they could if they're sort of if they they are the owner of their own business they could hire somebody new or start a new relationship with somebody that works for them that will grow and develop and become more important over the course of the next 6 months yeah definitely all right so that's our sixth house stuff that's all going on that's basically all in the first week of the month basically between the 1st and the the 8th The next cluster of sort of transits this month happens towards the middle of the month. And it starts off with Mars uh, moving from Aquarius and then ingressing or moving into the sign of Pisces on November 15th.
1: Mm -hmm. So, excuse me, Mars has been transiting in, in your ninth house for quite a while, much longer than usual, because of the Mars retrograde. And so there could have been conflict or greater activity or effort that you needed to put towards the areas of um long distance travel, um, foreign cultures, or perhaps higher education. Um, and that's finally coming to an end. And now that greater activity or potential greater conflict is moving into your career house for a little bit.
0: Right. So Mars going into the tenth house of career, reputation, social standing. It can also sometimes represent bosses or superiors. Um, Mars tends to, um, in some ancient texts, they said that Mars excites energy and movement into things and that sometimes that can work out constructively, especially for people with day charts as a a greater focus and greater emphasis and having to put greater work into their career over the course of the next few months while Mars is moving through your 10th house of career. Um, But sometimes that excess energy can sort of backfire or can work out in a more challenging way and indicate um, frustrations or anxiety or even conflict or difficulties in the area of career as part of that transit.
1: Right. So typically, it's the more constructive but effortful Mars if you are born with a night chart and more conflict-ridden if you're a day chart, all other factors being equal. There can be shades of gray, of course.
0: Sure. So um, that is that transit. And that starts at the middle of the month. This is actually a transit that's going to go on for a few more weeks after that. So we'll tr- we'll return back to that transit next month. In December, as it's continuing to make its way through Pisces and through your 10th house of career. Uh, let's see, what other transits did we main to? We touched on the.
1: So Venus stations direct also mid month.
0: Okay, so we have Venus stationing direct towards the end of Libra at 25 degrees of Libra, and that's actually happening. And
1: in, in your fifth house?
0: Fifth house, starting mm-hmm. on its stations on the 16th of November.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, basically, I've process of review or going backwards in some way, especially at this point. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Thank you. Especially at this point with respect to um, fifth house matters that can be children, it can be love affairs, um, things like that if you're trying to get pregnant, etc. It rules those types of things. Um, uh, So, it's going to be stationing direct mean finally going in a more constructive direction moving forwards rather than reviewing. So, you may notice about mid-month a kind of inflection point or an emphasis around those areas and and something kind of turning around.
0: It's interesting that we have it's only like a week apart. We have Jupiter ingressing into their seventh house of relationships and we have Venus returning back to the fifth house and then stationing back in the fifth house of um, pleasures and good fortune. Mm-hmm. So this could be the 5th and the 7th, of course, are the traditional relationship in like romantic affairs houses. Right. So this could be um, a relationship becoming more important or perhaps revisiting a relationship either from the distant past or from the recent past since Venus is returning back to um, a spot in the zodiac that it was in several weeks ago back in I don't know, whenever Venus transited through late Libra, it would have been Mm -hmm. a couple of months ago, I think at least.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can't remember exactly when it was. I mean, the other interesting thing though is that right at the same time the Venus stations direct in the 5th house, um, Mercury also stations retrograde in the 7th house. Um, It's actually on the same day, on November 16th. So, there may be a feeling of more extended um, review in, in because of that um especially if it's all having to do with relationship for you if it's having to do with your children or something like that then it could be a separate kind of um process of venus stationing direct in your fifth house but then Mer- which can deal with children or things like that um but mercury stationing retrograde then in your partnership house
0: right that's a really good point that the the mercury retrograde is taking place it literally happens like the same day as the Venus station. Mm -hmm. So Mercury stations retrograde the same day that Venus stations direct there on the 16th. We can see both of those glyphs and Mercury station retrograde in the 7th house. And this is a little problematic because we talked about this on the Auspicious Elections podcast this month, which is available to patrons of the Astrology Podcast who sign up to our page on patreon.com. So that Mercury stations retrograde in the middle of Sagittarius, and it's very closely squared to Neptune. Which is at the middle of Pisces up there in the top of the chart. Um, and that square happens between like 13 Sagittarius and 13 Pisces, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so that's a little problematic because, on the one hand, a Mercury retrograde can represent revisiting or review or renegotiating of something in the house that it falls, in this case, the seventh house of relationships, but it's actually squaring that Neptune, which can sometimes be indicating a lack of clarity or a nebulousness or sometimes. Um, the communication not being as clear as it should be or even sometimes being mis- misled in some way through communication. So if there is some sort of renegotiation of partnerships this month for you, especially around the middle of the month, and if it involves either relationships or a close one-on-one personal partnership, um, be careful to dot all of your I's and cross all of your T's to ensure that um, you're not overlooking something or there's not some sort of miscommunication where. Uh, you, you sort of are led astray in some way just because that Mercury-Neptune can, uh, square can have a tendency for sort of faulty communication.
1: Yeah, definitely. And so while you will have an expansion in the area of partnership over the course of this next year because of Jupiter moving in there for 12 months, um, at the very beginning of the process, there might be more confusion than usual, rule um, and you might be needing to be a little more cautious just because of that overlap with the Mercury um, retrograde square Neptune. And I would say that's true in general, but especially so if it ends up being a business partnership because it's squaring Neptune in the 10th house of career.
0: For sure. That is that is wise as sage advice. Some sage advice. Thank you. All right. So um that is the Mercury station. So that's pretty much all the stuff that's happening in the middle of the month. And there's just one other major thing that we really wanted to focus on that's happening separately. Uh later in the month. And this is the full Moon that happens in Gemini on the 23rd of November. Mm-hmm. So this full Moon is happening in Gemini. And Gemini, of course, is in this instance probably your, your rising sign or your first house.
1: Right. So that could bring a, a sort of culmination to either things um, related to the first house such as body or appearance or how you present yourself, your persona, um, or Or more intangibly just your sense of identity. There could have been a new start um, earlier at some point that then comes to fruition at this point around those topics.
0: Yeah, and usually a full Moon is building on or represents the culmination of something that started six months earlier. So earlier this year, there would have been a new Moon in your first house where you would have initiated or started something new either with respect to your body or respect to your mind or character. And now those efforts or whatever you initiated at that time is coming to fruition and starting to develop so that you should start to see see it bear fruit more or less.
1: Mm-hmm. And full moons will always bring to fruition something in some area of your life, but it's particularly important and personal for you because it's happening in your first house.
0: For sure. So yeah, and it's interesting though that happening in the first house and then we have all this seventh house stuff going on. So it's almost like there's a real not tension, but there's a real contrast between like self and other that's happening this month, and that seems to be one of the main themes for Gemini is having a a, a development or um, a, a maturation that's happening with respect to self, but also some renegotiations and some growth and expansion type themes happening with respect to relationships.
1: Yeah, that's a really good point. It's almost like a counterpoint to all this Seventh House activity that's going on earlier in mid-month and then finally later in the month or so like bringing it back to you.
0: Right, exactly. Yeah. I like that. That's good. All right. Well, um, I think that's pretty much it. I'm trying to think if there's anything we forgot or overlooked. But I've talked about some of the other long-term outer planet transits like Saturn through Capricorn, uh, Uranus through the 12th, and other things like that. Um We do have Uranus returning back to the the eleventh house for a very quick dip back through the eleventh house of friendship, but that's part of that's basically the tail end of a longer term transit that's been happening over the course of the greater part of the last decade since 2010, when Uranus first went into Aries and moved into your eleventh house of friendship, which usually represents um, a sudden shakeup or sort of a revolution when it comes to your relationship to friends and groups and alliances. So this is something that's been happening for seven or eight years at this point. And we have Uranus um, this month, it actually moves back into Aries on November 6th, coming back for just a few months back into that sign in order to make sure that you got the point of whatever that transit was about. So I think uh, you said in a previous horoscope that we did that this happens from now until March.
1: Yeah, the be- early March is when it finally goes back into Taurus for good. So there may be just a tail end of that kind of shakeup energy, individuation energy, unexpectedness with regard to friends and groups, but it's really the very, very end of it. And then, you know, most of it you've already been through.
0: Right. So and that's something that'll probably culminate. It'll it'll come back into play this month, but it'll probably reach peak, um, focal point once you're in a station's direct in Aries, which will mm-hmm. probably happen what, like two or three months from early now? January. Early yeah. January. Okay. Yeah. So we'll return back to and we'll talk about that transit more um, in one of our upcoming horoscopes.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Well, I think that's it for this this episode uh, of the November horoscopes for those at Gemini and Gemini Rising. Thanks a lot for joining me.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me.
0: All right. You can find out more information about Lisa at her website, Uh, You can find out more information about me and the podcast at theastrologypodcast.com. And you can also get access to uh, a monthly podcast that Lisa and I record on auspicious electional charts each month where we go over the four or five most um, auspicious charts that we can find, astrological charts for beginning different types of ventures and undertakings using the principles of electional astrology. So basically, we're trying to pick, I guess it's a crude way to put it, but we're trying to find lucky dates basically, right?
1: Well, it's more complex than that. Complex than, yeah, <laughs> dates wanna, and times.
0: It's very high-minded. <laughs> like it is. <laughs> We're searching for <laughs> auspicious dates um, using the principles of electional astrology. Great. So you can get access to that um, series. It's actually a series we just recorded, episode 23, um, by becoming a patron of The Astrology Podcast through our page on patreon.com. And you can find out more information about that at theastrologypodcast.com slash subscribe. So that's it. So thanks a lot for, for joining us. Be sure to like this video if you enjoyed it and subscribe to the YouTube channel for more videos like this one each month. And otherwise, good luck to you with Gemini Rising, and we'll see you again next month. Hi, my name is Chris Brennan, and this is your horoscope for those with cancer and cancer rising for the month of November of 2018. Uh, Joining me today is astrologer Lisa Scheim. Hey, Lisa. Hi. Did I mispronounce your name? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Could you? I'll try again. Lisa Scheim.
1: Yes, thank you. (laughs) All right.
0: right, Here we go. So, um, let's jump into the, the horoscope for November of 2018. So, here is the circular chart which shows where the planets will start at the beginning of November and how far through the zodiac they'll get by the end of the month. So it's kind of useful as in that it shows you the the ingresses or the movements of the planets from one sign to another and from one house to another over the course of a month.
1: Mm-hmm. So I think the real big one, right, is Jupiter changing signs since it's only doing that once per year. It's going to do that early in November on the 8th.
0: Sure. So Jupiter has been transiting through Scorpio through your fifth house if you have Cancer rising over the course of the past year. And it's moving into Sagittarius for the next 12 months or so, which is your sixth house of work and health and subordinates. So Jupiter usually represents cycles of growth and expansion and development. So we should have some uh, largely positive developments in this area of your life over the course of the next 12 months. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. So, that can look like something like um, getting a new job or having more job responsibilities that are positive. It can be expanding your health routines, things like that.
0: Right. Um, yeah, definitely health routines. Um, I think I had a good Jupiter transit. I've seen people like start um, going to the gym or start like a new diet and exercise regime in general as being a very positive Jupiter transit. Um, this transit actually begins, we've got a specific date for it that I should pull out. It begins on the 8th of the month, that's precisely when Jupiter leaves Scorpio and moves into Sagittarius, and then it will be moving through that sign at different rates over the course of the next 12 months. So this is something that we'll revisit a bunch of times over the course of the next year, but it's good to know about it now because even though some of the things that it initiates in your life might develop sort of subtly at first, it's something that will probably become much more noticeable during the course of the year. Mm-hmm. All right, so that is Jupiter moving into the 6th house. And mm-hmm. right around the same time early in the month on it looks like November 7th, we have the first lunation of the month, which is a new moon taking place in Scorpio in the 5th whole sign house for those of you with Cancer rising.
1: Mm-hmm. So the fifth house is where Jupiter has been transiting for this past year. And this is actually the last day of the Jupiter transit in your fifth house, which has to do with children, um, things you do for fun, it can be pregnancy, can be um, artistic pursuits, performative activities. So basically, there's a new start in that area in some way. Um, and it can be tied since it's overlapping with this last little bit of the Jupiter transit expanding that area. It can be kind of tied into whatever has been expanding for you in that area in the past year and provide kind of a new start within that process.
0: Right, definitely. That new new Moon taking place usually lays the seeds of the foundation for something that will grow and develop over the course of the next six months. And eventually, we'll have a full Moon there in Scorpio um, about six months from now early next year, which will represent the culmination of whatever you initiate or whatever seeds you lay at this time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So that is taking place again in the first week of the month, still, and that's the all the action that's taking place the first part of the month. The next area of of real activity takes place in the second week of the month. Is it the second, technically the second week or the third week? Because it starts you know halfway through the week. Yeah, with the first, it's, second and third. It, I
1: would just say exactly mid month.
0: <laughs> all right, mid mid month, about the, the middle of the month, we get the next sort of spurt of activity going on with three planetary transits that start becoming very active starting around the 15th when Mars moves into the sign of Pisces. And this is kind of a big deal um, partially because we've had Mars transiting through Aquarius for a huge chunk of this year because we've been dealing with that Mars retrograde that I've had to spend so much time talking about over the past few months of horoscopes. And so I'm actually glad to finally be through with that, so I can stop talking about it now that Mars is finally moving out of Aquarius and out of your eighth house of shared resources and finances, and now it's moving into your ninth house. And the ninth house represents it's one of the more diverse houses in terms of the different things that it can represent symbolically, but it indicates things like education, philosophy, one's religious or or other types of um, spiritual beliefs. It can also represent travel or interaction with interactions with foreign countries or people from foreign cultures, sometimes sort of more generally and other times very literally, like taking a foreign trip. Um, Mars, though, is kind of a challenging planet where sometimes it indicates um, that you're going to put more energy towards that area of your life or expend a great deal of energy, and sometimes that comes with greater feelings of anxiety perhaps surrounding that area. Other times, the energy can have a more challenging feeling to it or challenging manifestation where it can manifest more like um, those feelings of anxiety become feelings of irritation or sometimes can indicate conflicts or strife in that area of your life.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. So while you may have had some of those experiences one way or the other in the area of shared resources for the past few months, now that kind of energy of effort or potential conflict is moving to those ninth house topics. That can also be like conflicts around um, different belief systems, um different politics, different religion, things like that because the ninth house governs those things.
0: Right. Having a conflict about your religious beliefs or maybe an internal conflict about your philosophical beliefs. Um other times it could be like a conflict in terms of education, something that's happening in the educational sphere if you're in school or something like that. Um, other times it can be conflict with somebody from a foreign place or that represents something foreign or exotic compared to where you came from or where you started from in life.
1: Right. Yeah. And, you know, and or it could be just effort towards all of these topics or some of these topics.
0: Right. Like ex- expending a great deal of energy towards getting ready for a major trip or something. Um, and maybe you run into some road, some speed bumps or some obstacles, but they end up being things that you sort of push through and you overcome through sheer will or sheer effort. That's especially going to be more the case, especially I would expect for people with night charts where Mars tends to be a bit less challenging uh, versus for people who are born with day charts, Mars transits can sometimes tend to be a little bit more challenging or more indicative of obstacles and things like that.
2: Mm -hmm, For sure.
0: All right. So that is the Mars transit that's going through Pisces in your ninth house. And we're, we'll return to that next month because that transit's going to be ongoing for several weeks now. It's not going to be as long-term as the Mars through Aquarius transit, but it is going to be something that takes us through into December. So we'll return back to that one again next month.
1: Mm-hmm. So there's two other things happening right around the same time that that Mars ingress happens mid-month. Um, one of which is the Venus stationing direct in your fourth house of home and family. And so Venus has been retrograde for a bit. And so that usually indicates some sort of process of a review or going backwards or needing to kind of go back over things that you've already done before. Um, and do it, do them again. And so now, uh, mid-month on November 16th, Venus is going to station direct and to change direction to go forward again. And that indicates kind of a turning point within that longer process. And it also means that things that you have been reviewing, you can finally start moving um, in a progressive direction again in regard to that those topics.
0: So this is my favorite transit of the month for those with Cancer rising, right. especially for those of you with night charts, because this is the happening in your fourth house of the home and the living situation and sometimes this can be something really um like not like groundbreaking but sometimes venus transits through the fourth house can manifest in something as small as like redecorating or reorganizing the layout of your house and your home and living situation and although sometimes that's not like a huge deal for some people where if your home and your living situation is more of a concern for you, which it very well may be for you if you have cancer as a major factor in your chart, um, that can be a pretty big deal. And especially Venus stationing retrograde there can sometimes indicate a major turning point in terms of your reorganization or your redecoration of your home and living situation.
1: Definitely, I could see it going that way. Um, Also, you know, Venus is about bringing people together. Um, as well as beauty. So the beauty would be like the reorganization or redecoration. Um, But if there's been any issues that you've been going over with either your parents or family members in general, it can also be kind of a turning point within um, that getting better. Um, Venus moving forward usually being Venus being able to act with the sense of bringing people together that it wants to do.
0: Yeah. So reconciling with uh, family members, especially parents if you've had a falling out or if there's been anything about your relationship with them that's been on the rocks recently, or especially if there was an incident because this is re- Venus returning back to a degree that had already passed over several weeks ago when Venus initially went through the la- latter degrees of, of Libra. So you're actually re- Venus is returning back to and then symbolically revisiting something that happened several weeks ago, perhaps um, that you thought was finished, but perhaps that you need to go back to in order to bring it to some sense of completion. And so, perhaps patching up a relationship um, related to your your home and family and living situation could be uh, what that transit all, is all about for you.
1: Mm, definitely, or even roommate situations, just anyone you live with, you know, making things better in that respect. So, I agree with you. I like this transit the best of all for Cancer rising this month too.
0: For sure. So that's happening in the second week, and then we simultaneously have one other station that's happening the exact same day and that is Mercury, which is stationing retrograde on the 16th of November um, in Sagittarius, which is the 6th house for those with Cancer rising.
1: Right. So while there will be a general expansion going on for the next year in that area for you um, in terms of work or um, health habits or things like that, um, there will also be at the very beginning of that year-long transit a temporary um, going backwards. And Mercury is going to station retrograde Very closely square Neptune. And so that's going to be in effect pretty much a lot of the month. And so while you will have this general expansion happening in your sixth house of work and health, there may be like a little confusion around it at the very beginning of it, or there may be a little bit of going backwards, maybe going back to um, another job situation or um, revisiting like health habits you've had before and things like that before you kind of fully go forward with whatever is expanding.
0: Yeah. So the need to revisit um, matters in that area to revise, to sometimes renegotiate. Um, since this is happening in the sixth house of work, this could be like a renegotiation that takes place within the context of a person's job or in terms of either their relationship with their job and their their work or with respect to people that work for you. If you find yourself in some sort of leadership capacity, it could be revisiting or renegotiating a, a contract or a relationship Um, and obligations in that area. Mm -hmm. But you just want to be careful because Mercury is um, stationing squaring Neptune that um, you're completely clear when you're doing this renegotiation and there's not any miscommunications or any things that are being said that are not quite what they're sort of cracked up to be or or quite what they appear to be at first.
1: Right. So starting mid-month, there may be a few-week process where um, things aren't quite clear yet. And if you can take that time to become clear, it would be best to do so um, unless you need to make like immediate decisions around that area.
0: For sure. All right, so that is the Mercury station that's happening mid-month. And that's all the stuff happening in the middle of the month. And that basically brings us I think finally to the last stuff that's happening more towards the end of the month, the main thing of which is really that lunation, that second lunation of the month, which is the full Moon that's happening In Gemini on the 23rd of November. So, Gemini is the 12th house for those with Cancer and Cancer Rising. Um, So, it's a culmination of events that's happening with respect to the 12th house uh, towards the end of November.
1: Right. So, that can be related to something you started about six months before this time. And it'll be kind of coming to fruition or or some sort of culmination around 12th house topics, which can be things like, your own what you do in seclusion that can be contemplative activities. It can be people's meditation practices, things like that. Kind of best case scenario, twelfth house things are are often positive things that you do in seclusion by yourself. Um, it can also be bringing to light something that wasn't clear to you before that was kind of hidden, either with respect to your own kind of subconscious workings. It can be kind of like an internal insight, or it can be bringing to light things that were hidden in your life as a whole which can relate to other people as well.
0: Sure. And I like the 12th house sometimes is indicating endings and sometimes letting things go. And mm. since the full Moon represents a culmination of events that had begun earlier, especially six months earlier, sometimes having a full Moon in this 12th house needing to ask what parts of your life or are there any things that have sort of run their course and need to be let go or where you need to like discontinue what you're doing in that area that you've actually gone as far as you can go with that thing as being part of the energy of that lunation.
1: Yeah, definitely. That's a good point.
0: So that's one of those you know nice transits that you can actually see in the sky because you can go outside and look at the full Moon and it's actually very visible and very notable. So that would be the primary thing I would do towards the end of the month around the the 23rd when you see the full Moon in the sky. Just ask yourself that question of what area of my life um, have I sort of completed things and then it's time to let go of. And um, that process then over the next two weeks of just letting go of that area of your life will be one of your main sort of meditations for the month for the latter part of November and the early part of December.
1: hmm Yeah, that's a really good way of putting it. And it's um, since it kind of lights up sometimes things that were hidden even from yourself that you weren't aware of that you were feeling, that can kind of tie those two things together.
0: Right. All right, so that's just about it. The only other major thing that we overlooked once again is just Uranus. It's retrograding out of the 11th house and it's moving back into uh, Cancer Rising's 10th house of career and social standing and and work and other things like that um, starting at the very beginning of the month actually. That Uranus transit starts November 6th, it goes back into the 10th house. But this is um, Uranus is returning back to the 10th house which is a house that it's been going through since 2010. So Uranus usually represents radical changes and sometimes unexpected disruptions. For most of you, this should have happened within the sphere of your career and your overall life direction uh, between uh, since like 2010 up until the present time. And this is a transit that was just about over because Uranus left uh, Aries and moved into Taurus. Uh, back in May. But Uranus has now stationed retrograde and it's falling back into your 10th house for or returning back in your 10th house for just a few more months uh, between now and and March of 2019.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so early March is when it goes back into Taurus for good. But in the meantime, for a few more months, you'll have just that tail little bit of kind of like innovation energy, unexpected change, etc. Um, with respect to your career area. So there could be a little bit of overlap between that and the Mercury retrograde happening in your 6th house of daily work, um, which happens about a week after that Uranus ingress back into Aries.
0: Right. So since this is the tail end of this transit, though, it's probably just a reminder and a reflective period in order to make sure that you got the point or you got the lesson of whatever that transit was all about. And for some of you, it'll just be like looking back and and realizing how much um, your sort of career and overall life direction has changed over the course of the greater part of the last decade since 2010 when Uranus first moved into that sector of your chart and began manifesting in that specific area of your life in terms of career and, and take, making some of those radical changes and departures from where you had been headed previously.
1: Definitely. And I really like for um, Cancer Rising this overlap between um, the last few months of Uranus in the 10th house of career with um, Jupiter moving into your sixth house of daily work and health because it's almost like a potential expansion coming at the very end of whatever that process has been for you of innovating around your career. So that could be like a really positive kind of ending to to whatever that's been about for you.
0: Right. All right. I like that. That's a good, that's a good note, I think, to end on. Mm-hmm. So that's it for our horoscope for November of 2018. Uh, thanks a lot for joining me today. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This is a bit of an experiment, but I think it's going well. So maybe we'll try it again next month. Let us know what you think of this new format for the monthly horoscopes. And if you'd like to see us do it again in the future, uh, in the comments section below this video. Uh, if you enjoyed the video, please be sure to hit the like button to like the video and be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel for more videos like this in the future. Uh, Lisa and I do a monthly podcast called the Auspicious Elections Podcast that's available to patrons of the astrologypodcast.com when they sign up to support the podcast through our page on Patreon. And we release a 45-minute video like this one each month where we outline the five or four or five most auspicious electional charts or sort of like lucky dates that we can find during the course of the month using the principles of electional astrology. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So if you'd like to find out more about that, um, go to the astrologypodcast.com and um, at, at one of the tiers, you get that available to you each month.
0: Right. The slash subscribe. All right. I think that's it for this episode.
1: All right. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah. Thanks again. Thanks, everyone, for watching. And we'll see you again next month. Hi. My name is Chris Brennan, and this is your horoscope for Leo and Leo rising for November of 2018. Joining me today is Lisa Scheim. Hey, Lisa. Hi, Chris and we're going to be looking at your transits for the month of your planetary transits for the next few weeks. Uh, Let's jump right into it. Let's take a look at the um, transit chart, which shows the movements of the planets and where they'll start at the beginning of the month and then where they'll end up by the end of November. So um, chronologically, I think we wanted to start chronologically. One of the first big things that happens towards the beginning of the month is um, taking place on the 6th of November, we have a new Moon that's happening in Scorpio in your fourth whole sign house, which is the place of the home, the living situation, and the parents. So a new Moon usually represents a new beginning or laying the seeds or foundation of something at this time that will grow and develop and then eventually culminate about six months later.
1: Yeah, so um, this could be a new start with regard to family relationships and could be a new start with regard to where you live physically. Or something about where um, your your house, your apartment, etc., or even just like a new start with respect to what you do with the inside of your home. Um, interestingly, it's actually the happening on the last day of your Jupiter transit through your fourth house of home and family, which has been going on for the past year.
0: Right. So Jupiter's actually been transiting through Scorpio in the fourth house since about a year ago, since late 2017, and it's actually departing from that sign. Um, this month, the the day after this takes place. So, starting on November 8th.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Jupiter is moving into your fifth whole sign house, which is going to be the really big new transit um, that's going to take place for the whole next year. And so, the fifth house has to do with um, children. It can have to do with your own creative self-expressions or artistic, performative type of things if you do any of those type of activities. It can have to do with romance as well, um, sexuality. So, Um, any of those kind of topics, um, in your life could have, uh, an expansion happening that's starting in kind of early November. And that won't necessarily happen all at once because it's a whole 12 month process. So it depends on if you have planets at specific degrees in that house or things like that. Um, but it will be, uh, that will be a really big new start and that will be very different than Jupiter going through Scorpio because it will be also in its own sign in Sagittarius and so it can express its kind of expansive jovial type of qualities um much more naturally.
0: Right. And for some people that's going to, you know, Jupiter through the 5th house, growth and expansion, 5th house, house of children, uh for some people that have manifests very literally is like having children or starting to make babies.
1: Right. Yeah, or doing things that can lead to that.
0: Right. Yeah. As one does. Yeah. So Um, that's Jupiter and that's going to be a long-term transit that's happening for the next 12 months. So this is something we'll return back to. And for some of you, it will become more or less important at different points during the course of the next year. But it's important to start paying attention to it now since it starts this month. And for many of you, the, um, events and circumstances in your life that will lead to some of the most pivotal events in terms of that transit, uh, will really begin this month. And you'll start to see them if you pay attention and if you're, you're perceptive to such things, you'll start to see those things start to develop this month even if it's somewhat subtle or somewhat slow to develop initially.
1: Mhm, definitely. And chronologically, there's one more thing grouped within three days in a row right there. Um, so the day before the new Moon on November 6th, um, Uranus dips back into the end of Aries where it has, had been transiting since about 2010. And that's been bringing kind of innovative um, change type of energy to your ninth house, which has to do with foreign cultures, religion, philosophy. Um, astrology also goes there traditionally. Um, did I say foreign travel already? Um, so anything, yeah. anything having to do with foreign cultures, and so it can have bring um, kind of a, a process of changing up kind of how you go about um, approaching those topics in your life. And it's almost done. It went into Taurus, which is your 10th house of career in mid May. So this is just the last little dip back in retrograding into Aries for four months from about early November through early um, March. And this won't necessarily apply to everyone, but in particular, if you've been doing any sort of educational pursuits during that time, if you changed what you were doing um, in terms of, um, kind of like I was going to say job training, like education of some sort because that naturally leads into the 10th house of career for some people. Um, whatever you're maybe finishing up at this point may lead into a change for you for career.
0: Yeah. So this is the the tail end of a major transit in terms of major changes and and sometimes very disruptive or sort of revolutionary changes in terms of your beliefs and your personal philosophy of life. And for most of you, This transit because this is the tail end of it will have already run its course over the greater part of the past decade since 2010. But what we have here is Uranus dipping back into that sector of your chart to sort of remind you and make sure you got the point or the lesson of whatever that transit was about uh, before finally moving on and then completely moving into your 10th house for most of the next decade where some of that major change and, and disruptive energy will be more directed towards your career.
1: Mhm Yeah, so for some people, they may actually be finishing up um, a concrete thing in their ninth house activities, and for some people, it's just kind of more of a, a psychological reminder of what's been changing for them since 2010.
0: Right. All right, so that's all happening in the first part of the month, and then the next real area of major activity takes place around the middle of the month when we get Mars uh, ingressing into Pisces on the 15th of November we have Venus stationing direct in Libra on the 16th, and we have Mercury stationing retrograde also on the 16th of November.
1: Mm-hmm. So, it's another little cluster of three things all happening almost at the same time mid-month. The Mars in particular is a big change because it's been transiting your seventh house of partnership in Aquarius. And because of that Mars retrograde that we had, um, it's been spending much longer in one sign than usual. And so, you've had that energy of potential conflict or extra effort or things like that going on within the realm of either personal or business partnerships or kind of one-on-one encounters. And now, finally, um, mid-November, that's finally going to move out of that area and um, lessen the emphasis on those those topics. And now it's going to move into your eighth house, which has to do with shared resources, resources. Um, can be debts, taxes, things like that, and so you're going to be putting more of your effort and attention towards some of those topics.
0: Yeah, so good news. Uh, sort of conflict or challenges in relationships, sort of starts to lessen or go away um, in terms of direct challenges or anxiety or frustrations in that area, and that's sort of over finally for for some of you. That's been a really challenging area over the course of the past few months as Mars has been retrograde in your 7th house of relationships. So that's Mm -hmm. over middle of November when Mars leaves that sector of your chart and moves into the 8th house. Um, Downside is then that energy shifts into the 8th house, so there's the potential for at the very least greater expenditure of energy and greater effort in the area of shared resources and worst-case scenarios, some actual challenges or conflicts involving other people's money, or involving shared resources between you and a and a partner, or, or you and some other person in your life.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and that's typically with another person. Sometimes it can be with another entity, like the government. So, like if you need if you owe extra taxes at that time, that can that type of thing can come up. Or things involving your the debts that you have.
0: Right, taxes, debts. Uh, the eighth house is also the place of inheritance. Um, so that can be an area where potential challenges could arise. For some of you, especially the people with night charts, these might be more surmountable difficulties where something arises and it's kind of annoying, but you deal with it and you come out at the other end sometimes in better shape than when you started or at least not too much worse off than when you started. Um, for people with day charts, it might be a little bit more challenging or a little bit more frustrating. Mm-hmm. So that is the Mars transit that's happening around the middle of the month, or it begins around the middle of the month. Um, that's going to lead through. It's not going to be over by the end of November, but that's actually something that's going to continue into December. So we'll return to that transit next month to see the second half of what that's, what's, what that's all about.
1: Mm-hmm. And then there's two other notable things happening right around the same time, the Venus station and the Mercury station. So Venus is stationing direct in Libra in your third house. And um, so that's a retrograde period that's been happening. So it's a process that's already started, but that process of review is now coming to a turning point where then things can kind of move forward in more productive fashion. And where it's happening for you is your third house, which has to do with um, short distance travel. It can have to do with neighbors or siblings, people around you, but aren't necessarily like living with you. Um, It can also have to do with things like communicative activities like speaking teaching um, sometimes educational courses can go there as well as the ninth house so um transportation as well occasionally people will like get a new car or something if like there's something positive going on like a Venus station there
0: yeah and a really like concrete manifestation of that with the Venus retrograding back and returning back to degrees that it had crossed previously is returning or revisiting back to and reassessing a relationship with somebody that you have in that specific part of your life Mm -hmm. in order to sometimes bring on some sort of reconciliation or in order to um, uh, reanalyze the status of that relationship in your life, oftentimes in positive ways. So if you had, especially with the third house, a falling out with a sibling or somebody who is like a sibling to you or somebody that is a neighbor or a close extended relative, then this could coincide with a period of looking back and reassessing that relationship and perhaps reuniting with that person.
1: Definitely. I would agree with that.
0: All right. So that is the Venus transit, and that really peaks around the uh, 16th. And simultaneously, we have Mercury stationing retrograde um, in, the, in Sagittarius, in the middle of Sagittarius on the same day.
1: Right. And so the fifth house, which is where that's happening for you is while, as we mentioned, that's going to be an area of major expansion for you over the next 12 months, the very beginning of that year-long transit is also going to go coincide with a little bit of potential um, confusion or um, kind of re-evaluation because Mercury is going to station retrograde in your fifth house um, just a week after Jupiter goes in there. And It's also when it stations mid month, it's also going to be very closely square Neptune, which can be really bring in really nebulous um, energies and with Mercury kind of um, confusion over specific like facts or details or things like that. So um, while you will be experiencing an expansion in the area of children or romance or creative activities um, during the month of November, you may also be seeing revisiting of some sort of prior i mean it can be like since the 5th house is also dating it can be like prior lovers or prior you know like dating partners um
0: right like reestablishing communication with a lover could be a manifestation of that but it could also be like having a miscommunication with a lover or something like that
1: yeah and especially with mercury neptune mercury retrograde square neptune very easy to have miscommunication so keep an eye out for that in general and also specifically with respect to that area of your life this month, especially uh, mid-month on.
0: For sure. All right. So that's all the activity that's taking place in the middle of the month. And then that finally brings us more towards the end of the month. The last major thing that we have that happens is the Sun moves into Sagittarius on the 22nd. And then immediately after that, we have a full Moon in Gemini um, on the 23rd of November. And that's taking place in the 11th house for those of you with uh, Leo and Leo rising. So, the 11th house is the place of friendship, alliances, and groups. And a full moon usually represents a, a culmination of events or a bringing to a sort of maturation of something that was initiated in your life 11 months earlier with respect to friendship. About six so- months earlier. 11, yeah, not 11 months. <laughs> yeah. Six months earlier. <laughs> yeah. It's been a long day of recording horoscopes. <laughs> so some of the numbers are going out of the window. So, six months earlier, sometimes there would have been a new moon in your 11th house of friendship, which you would have represented a new beginning where you may have started a new friendship or started some new sphere of activity with respect to groups and alliances in your life. And now there's something about that that started earlier this year that's really. Um, starting to bear fruit and starting to become clearer and starting to come to fruition in a way that's more tangible and more real in your life. So you may see a culmination of of events with respect to groups and friends this month.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it can be a culmination of a process. It can be an event or uh, oriented around groups of friends. Um, Something that just kind of shines the spotlight for whatever reason in that area of your life, whether it's a specific friend or whether it's like a group gathering or things like that. Um, yeah.
0: Definitely. So the spotlight is on friendship towards the end of the month. And so home and home and living situation basically at the beginning of the month with that new Moon in Scorpio and then friends and groups and alliances um, towards the end of the month with that full Moon in Gemini in the 11th house.
1: Mhm. And lots of expansions starting up in the fifth house um, of dating and romance and children and things like that. But just watch out for confusion at the beginning of the process.
0: Definitely. All right. Well, I think that brings us to the end of this month's horoscope. So, thanks a lot for joining me for this today.
1: You're welcome. Thanks for having me.
0: All right. And if you guys enjoyed this, um, please be sure to like the video and subscribe. Let us know if you'd like this format if you'd like to see us do it again next month. Um, this is a new setup for us, but I'm actually pretty excited about the potential and having, having somebody to do horoscopes with. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, let us know what you think and maybe we'll do it again next month for the horoscopes for December.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, Lisa and I do a separate video, a private video podcast called the auspicious, po- auspicious Elections Podcast each month where we outline the four most auspicious electional charts that we can find for different dates that are positive for beginning different types of ventures and undertakings each month and we release that to patrons of The Astrology Podcast who support the show through our page on Patreon. So you can find out more information about that at theastrologypodcast.com slash subscribe.
1: Mm-hmm. I also do consultations, and my website is lisashime.com, so check that out as well.
0: Cool. All right. Well, thanks a lot for watching, and we will see you again next month for the Horoscopes for December. Hey, my name is Chris Brennan, and you're listening to The Horoscope for Virgo and Virgo Rising for November of 2018. Joining me today is astrologer Lisa Schein. Hey, Lisa. Hi, Chris. And we are coming to you from our living room uh, where we're going to go through your transits, your astrological transits over the course of the next few weeks. So let's jump right into it by taking a look at the uh, transiting chart for the movements of the planets over the course of the next month. And this chart, which was illustrated by my friend Paula Bellomini, um, shows where the planets will start at the beginning of the month and where they will end up by the end of November. So it's really useful for showing the shifts and the ingresses of the planets into each of the signs of the zodiac and into each of the 12 houses over the course of the next month, which will then correspond with some changes and some shifts in different areas of your life, depending on which planet it is and which part of your chart it's moving into. So... um, what do we want to start? We want to start chronologically towards the beginning of the month with some of the major transits happening?
1: Sure. Yeah. So one of the biggest changes in November is going to be Jupiter moving into the sign of Sagittarius for the first time in a year since Jupiter transits each sign for 12 months. And so on November 8th, Jupiter will move into Sagittarius where in, um, in general, it can express its sort of ebullience or kind of expansiveness Um, much more naturally than in Scorpio because it's in its own sign. And for you, for Virgo or Virgo rising, that's going to be moving into your fourth house of home and family. So over the next 12 months, starting in early November, you're going to experience some sort of um, expansion in the area of your home with respect to your um, potentially with your parents or relationship with your parents, um, and especially with um, the place where you physically live.
0: Yeah, so um this can sometimes mean getting moving into a new home or hat moving into a period in which your home life is particularly stable and things are going particularly well. That'll be particularly the case for those of you with day charts since Jupiter transits tend to be more po- positive for those who are born during the day and maybe a little bit less positive for those of you with night charts. Um this is also kind of positive because it's coming after that few-year period of Saturn going through Sagittarius, which ended about a year ago when Saturn moved into Capricorn. But that would have been more of like a challenging few-year period for your home and family life, whereas this is signaling the beginning of a 12-month period that should be more optimistic and more growth-oriented.
1: Yeah, definitely. So as you mentioned, Chris, um, typically that a really common expression of that is like finding a new home or maybe expanding on your home or making your home nicer, that kind of thing. Um, it could also be like entertaining more at home, having parties because Sagittarius is more of like a an exuberant sign. So, it can be something like that, bringing more enthusiasm to the realm of your home.
0: Sure. And, and the fourth house also pertains to the parents. So, for some of you, especially if your relationship with your parents hasn't been that good in recent times, especially over the past few years, um, Jupiter going through that sign over the next year could indicate um sort of a reconciliation with that or or creating an improved relationship with your parents or with your parental figures, whoever acts or plays that role in your life over the course of the next 12 months. So this isn't all going to happen at once when when Jupiter moves into Sagittarius in November because this is a long-term, year-long transit. And there's going to be certain points in that transit over the next 12 months that are going to be more or less important for these topics, but it's good to start paying attention to it now when it shifts into Sagittarius because for some of you, some of the events and circumstances uh, surrounding that transit will really start to grow and develop sometimes very subtly. But if you pay attention, you'll start to notice it happening as soon as Jupiter moves into Sagittarius.
1: Definitely. Yeah.
0: All right. So that's one of our transits that's happening at the beginning of the month. We also have a lunation that's happening towards the beginning of the month where we have a new moon in Scorpio on the... Looks like the 6th of the month or 7th of the month, right?
1: On the 7th, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, it's actually happening on the very last day that Jupiter is in Scorpio. And so, um, Jupiter has been kind of expanding the area of your third house um, for Virgo rising. And so, that can be things like um, relationships with your neighbors or f- um, siblings or speaking, learning, um, communicative activities, short journeys.
0: Yeah, the third house, um, as education. So it's a new moon is usually some sort of new beginning or laying the seeds or foundations of something that will grow and develop over the next six months. So sometimes this can be like taking a short course or some sort of educational opportunity, not like a, a ninth house sort of like long-term educational opportunity, but instead something a little bit more local and a little bit more practical. Um, it can also mean. Uh, the third house can be about communication and how we communicate and our, express ourselves. So, it could be learning how to or initiating some new um, attempt to develop our communication skills that may not pay off immediately. But about six months from now, when there's a full moon in your third house, you'll see the results of what you initiate at this time. So, it could be a good time to initiate and sort of deliberately take advantage of that energy in order to start a new beginning or a new foundation for that in this part of your life this month.
1: Yeah, for sure. And while this will be a new beginning, it won't be a completely foreign territory because that is where for the past year Jupiter's been transiting. And so, um you can kind of call to mind whatever um expansions have been happening with respect to any of those topics in your life, and this is now a good time to kind of seed um like a smaller new beginning perhaps within the realm of of those topics that you've already been focusing on in some way.
0: Sure. So that's going on early in the first week of the month. The other other major transit we meant to mention was Uranus is going to retrograde out of Taurus and back into Aries on the sixth of November and it's going to stay there for the next few months until March. Mm-hmm. And this is actually the tail end of a almost almost decade-long transit that started way back in 2010 when Uranus first moved into Aries and moved into your um eighth whole sign house, which is the place of shared resources and other people's money.
1: Right. So there should have been over the course of almost the past decade, some sort of innovations or shakeups or changes of some sort, um, perhaps unexpectedness or on and offness with regard to shared resources, with regard to things potentially like taking out loans or debts or something around your taxes, all of those type of things. And so this is just kind of the very tail end of revisiting that topic one last time for about four months, from early November through early March, so it's not necessarily anything groundbreaking in the sense that you've already been over this territory for quite a while now. But that's just so- something else to be aware of for the month of November that it is going back in um, for the last time.
0: Yeah, so it's it's finishing up something with respect to the eighth house, um, which is matters of shared finances, other people's money. Sometimes the eighth house deals with issues pertaining to mortality. Um, but this is something that is probably has already probably run its course for you in your life over the course of the past decade since 2010. And this Uranus transit is just dipping right back into the very end of that sign in order to check in, sort of review what you learned over the course of the past decade in that area of your life and some of the major changes that occurred during the course of that transit and just make sure that you got the point of the transit and you're ready to move on when early next year when Uranus fully moves back into Taurus and stays there for the the greater part of the next decade. Mm -hmm. All right. So that's the last major transit happening towards the beginning of the month. Um, The other sort of hot sector this month in November happens right in the middle of the month where we get this um, pileup of three transits. We have first Mars leaving Aquarius and moving into Pisces on November 15th. Then we have the very next day Venus stationing direct in Libra and Mercury stationing retrograde in Sagittarius on the 16th of November. So, um, let's start with the Mars transit since that's sort of a major shift this month. Since Mars has been retrograde in Aquarius and it's been going back and forth between Aquarius and Capricorn for the past few months, and we've had a lot of focus there on the 6th house of work, um, health, subordinates and other 6th house topics like that. And what's going to happen is that Mars is now ingressing into your 7th house of relationships. So this is starting in the middle of November and it's beginning what is a several-week transit of that planet into your 7th house of relationships and partnerships.
1: Mm-hmm. So while that may be good news, if you've had any um, difficulty with your like health matters over the past few months or um, like a lot of extra annoying work or things like that, or, or conflict with coworkers, things like that. It will be moving out of that area. So that's really nice. Um, moving into the seventh house, though, will put more emphasis on either a more effort towards, um, partnerships, either personal or business or both. Um, but also potentially more conflict. Um, Mars can be like a conflict type of energy. Although for some people, it will be more just, um, more effort in that area expended during those several weeks. So one or both of those um, two things could happen with respect to the area of partnership since Mars is moving there for you.
0: Yeah. So it's best case scenario, you're going to be spending a lot more time and especially a lot more energy uh, focusing on relationships over the next few weeks with Mars moving into that sector of your chart. Uh, Worst case scenario, there may be some frustration, some anxieties, or potentially some Uh, sort of like falling out or some tensions, like tensions, I think is a good keyword for Mars going through the seventh house with a partner. So sometimes this is something that is reflecting your relationship and actual tension or strains that are happening in your relationship with somebody else. But in some instances, it can just be something that's happening in the life of somebody close to you, especially if you have a close partner, either a romantic partner or a business partner. And it may be something problematic that's going on in their life that doesn't necessarily r- affect you directly, but instead it's just something that's happening in the life of this person who's close to you. And so, in some way, it's kind of like happening in your sphere of influence and, and may influence you dire- indirectly.
1: Yeah, definitely. So, that's one of the major shifts mid month um, with those cluster three. So, one of the other ones is going to be Venus stationing direct, which will be the next day on the on November 16th, it'll station direct in Libra. And so, for you, that's been retrograding in your second house now of income. And so, um, it's a reviewing period where you had to for some reason go revisit um, either prior financial arrangements or something where you had to look back again at something regarding your own income or your own possessions. And the good news is that Venus turning around to go direct is usually a good inflection point or turning point um, with regard to the area of personal finance for you. And so things could then instead of reviewing so much start to move forward in a productive fashion.
0: Yeah, and this could be a very positive transit, especially for some of you with night charts where Venus transits tend to be a little bit more benefic, uh, where it could be a sort of financial windfall or the reassessment or going back and relooking over something in the financial sector of your life could end up having a positive financial impact on you um, as a result of Venus returning back to and sort of retracing its steps where A few weeks ago, it moved through Libra relatively quickly and moved into Scorpio, but then something happened and Venus slowed down, uh, where it was in the sky and it moved backwards, stationed in Scorpio and moved back into Libra as if there was something that it needed to go back to and something that it needed to, um, revisit that wasn't quite finished. And so for many of you, especially around the middle of the month and the second half of the month, I would think about what do you need to revisit or what did you do, but could you probably do again or do better a second time if you had a do-over in the area of financial matters over the course of the next few weeks?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I definitely agree with that. And the only thing I would have to add is if you've been trying something with regard to your, your personal income and it hasn't been working out for some reason in the past month or so, um, this will now after mid-month start to be a much better time for that to start um moving forward perhaps with new income ventures or things like that because since venus will be moving forward in your income sector it'll be much more likely to work out well for you than say the past month or so
0: So you're basically saying it's time to buy powerball tickets? Yeah, definitely. That's, that's pretty much it for everybody with Virgo rising.
1: <laughs> I mean, no, but yeah. <laughs>
0: Not everyone, maybe a few people. We'll see. If anybody does win the lottery. Um, <laughs>
1: we we want to cut. <laughs> yeah, we want to cut because
0: we did tell you to buy Powerball tickets on the Venus station. Right. All right. All right, so moving on. Um, that's pretty much it, the middle of them. No, it's not. We actually Mercury skipped retrograde. the Mercury retrograde. Mm-hmm. So Mercury um, stations retrograde in Sagittarius around 13 degrees of Sagittarius in your fourth house Right around the middle of the month, um, the same day that Venus stations direct, so on the 16th of November. So, um, this kind of brings us back to that Jupiter transit we were talking about earlier, which is like a a year-long transit. But for some reason right at the start of that, of Jupiter going into Sagittarius, there's also a Mercury retrograde which takes place in your fourth house of your home, your living situation, and your parents. And so Mercury retrogrades are usually about revisiting or returning back to and sometimes renegotiating or revising things that we had done previously.
1: Yeah. It's also a time, as a lot of people have popularly heard, where there can be um, greater likelihood for miscommunications or information going awry or things like that.
0: Yeah. So be careful about miscommunications with respect to your home and living situation, miscommunications in respect to your relationship with your parents. Yeah. Um, you know, make sure if you're signing any sort of contract that you're being very careful, especially around the middle part and the second half of the month, any sort of contract that involves either um, your parents, your home and living situation, or a, a partnership or a relationship of some sort. Um, be extremely careful that it's um, accurate and you're not overlooking something or there's not something hidden in it that could be problematic for you that you don't realize at first. Because one of the things that's problematic about this Mercury retrograde is not just that it's stationing retrograde in your fourth house of home and living situation and parents, but it's actually squaring Neptune in your seventh house of relationships and partnerships at approximately the same time. So that could be a little bit problematic if you're not paying attention or if there's something nebulous going on in that area of your life.
1: Right. And it's so much easier for things to be nebulous or to feel nebulous at that time for Few weeks after that, so um, if you can, you know, it's good. It's good advice, of course, to say, you know, be careful that you haven't overlooked any details. You know, double check everything more than you usually would. But another piece of good advice maybe to, if you, you know, can wait a little bit, if you do need to sign any contracts or kind of get firm details, um, you know, down in concrete, if you can wait a few more weeks, I would do that because. Even if you say it's a good time to double check everything and make sure you're not overlooking anything, the very energies make it um, easy to overlook things.
0: Yeah, I mean it's hard because I want to say I want to give the almost like construct. We always want to give the constructive thing and say if you have to do this, just yeah. be careful during this month. But that's good advice as well. Where perhaps if you don't have to, or if you could put it off, if you could put off signing a contract to not the middle of November to like let's say a few weeks later. That would probably be an improvement over what we have available here,
1: mm-hmm, yeah, so if that's an option, I would take that
0: all right, so that is all the stuff happening in the middle of the month, and then eventually what we have is the last little hot spot of activity is happening towards the end of the month where the sun ingresses into Sagittarius on the twenty second and then the day after that, on the twenty third we have our second lunation of the month, which is a full moon in Gemini which for those of you with Virgo and Virgo rising, Gemini is going to be your 10th house of career and reputation and social standing.
1: Mm-hmm. So full moons tend to bring something to fruition um, that has been seeded approximately six months beforehand. And so it kind of shines a bright spotlight on that area, which for you is the 10th house of career, um, supervisors, and kind of public standing overall. So, it could actually be a really bright spot in the month for kind of um being visible in your career area or some sort of career project coming to fruition that you started a while back?
0: Yeah, definitely. So the spotlight is on your career in the towards the very end of the month, and it's probably showing something coming to completion or something something that you initiated six months earlier, earlier in the year, um fully coming to fruition in terms of an intention that you set. Earlier in the year, starting to see the results of that becoming manifest, which oftentimes, usually, is is a positive development.
1: Mm-hmm, definitely.
0: All right. So I think that's it. That's it in terms of the major transits that we meant to cover this month. Um, anything else that we were overlooking? There's, is there like some major transit that's happening that we completely forgot about?
1: Well. Uh I mean I feel like this is a trick question. Right. <laughs> um no I mean not that we haven't covered in the other videos. I mean Neptune stationing. So but... Yeah,
0: I mean I think we got that for the most part with the Mercury mm-hmm. retrograde thing and mm-hmm. Neptune stationing in their seventh. So Yeah, probably good. Yeah, probably good. All right. All right, that's it then for this horoscope. Thanks a lot for watching. Um if you liked this horoscope video, then let us know in the comment section below. Please be sure to rate Uh, like the video, and subscribe to the YouTube channel for more videos like this in the future. Uh, Any other things we meant to mention? Plug? We got Zodiac shirts.
1: (laughs) We do have Zodiac shirts um, of various sorts that you can see here.
0: I'll put links to those in the description.
1: (laughs) We also do um, a 45-minute podcast every month together where we pick out the best um, four to five to six elections per month. So basically the best dates and times to start things that you want to go well.
0: Right, using the principles of electional astrology, and that's Mm -hmm. called the Auspicious Elections Podcast. And it's available to patrons of the Astrology Podcast who sign up to support the show through our uh, page on Patreon, which you can find out more information about at theastrologypodcast.com slash subscribe. So uh, that's it for this horoscope for November. Um, Thanks a lot for watching, and we'll see you again next month for the horoscope for December of 2018. Hey, my name is Chris Brennan, and this is your horoscope for those of you with Libra and Libra Rising for November of 2018. Joining me today is astrologer Lisa Scheim. Hey Lisa. Hi, Chris. And we're going to be going over your transits for the next few weeks. So let's go ahead and jump right into it by taking a look at your transit chart for the month of November. So this is a circular chart that shows the ingresses of the planets and where they'll start at the beginning of the month and where they'll end up by the end of November of 2018. Uh, it's really useful because it shows especially the movements of the planets into or the ingress, what's called ingresses into new signs of the zodiac, which is also a shift of the planets into a new house in your chart or a new sector of your chart, which represents different areas of your life and different people in your life. Mm-hmm. So um, let's start at the top of the month where there, the, the month can basically be divided into thirds. There's three big clusters of planetary alignments that are happening this month. The first one takes place at the beginning of the month, and the major transit there is Jupiter ingressing into into Sagittarius. It's departing from Scorpio, moving out of your second house of finances and moving into your third house of communication, siblings, and short-distance travel starting on November 8th.
1: Right. So Jupiter's natural energy is expansiveness. And so um, it lasts in a sign for 12 months approximately at a time. And so this will be bringing some sort of expansion to those t- third house topics. So either expansion in kind of the amount of short-distance short, di- short distance travel that you maybe do, um, expansion perhaps to your relationships with your siblings or even something about your sub- siblings' lives themselves. And also, um, any sort of speaking or writing type of things that you might do could bring um, a natural expansiveness to that, either your style of communication or even kind of um, doing new things with that, like starting a podcast, for instance, or starting a blog or things like that, just kind of getting your voice out there more.
0: Definitely growing and expanding in terms of writing and communication is a huge thing. Um, reconciling if there's been any sort of shaky relationship with siblings or with other extended family members in the past recently, then this having a Jupiter transit through the third house over the next year can be a positive development in terms of reconciling with them or stabilizing that relationship. Sometimes it can also be good. The third house represents your neighborhood and your neighbors. So sometimes as simple as like building new friendships with neighbors or having a new neighbor come into your life that plays a positive influence although it seems minor and mundane, can sometimes make a big difference with a transit like that.
1: hmm definitely.
0: All right, so that's going to be going on. We'll return to that many times in the coming months since that's a 12-month-long transit that's going to be more or less in effect over the course of the next year, um, but we'll talk about it more again in the future. Um, in terms of the beginning of the month, the other thing that we have going on is we have a new Moon taking place in Scorpio in your second house. So this is coming off the very end of Jupiter moving through Scorpio through your second house of finances over the course of the past year where there should have been some growth and expansion in that sector of your life. So it's interesting that with that transit of Jupiter ending, um, right about the same time we have a new Moon where there's some sort of new beginning or new foundation taking place with respect to finances and resources in your second house um, right towards the beginning of November.
1: Yeah, so this should be an area that's already been kind of growing for you over the past year, so it might not necessarily be a brand new new beginning, but it can still be a new beginning as perhaps part of that expansion that you've been experiencing for a while now in with respect to income and and your possessions.
0: For sure. Um all right, and that's something where if you initiate it at this time or you start working on it, you'll probably see results about 6 months from now when there's a full moon that takes place in your second house of resources and finances early next year.
1: Mhm. And the last thing right around that clump of of a few days in a row is going to be Uranus retrograding back into Aries for the last few months of its transit. It's been, uh, it was in Aries since 2010, so it's, which is your seventh house of partnership, both personal and professional. So, That's been bringing some sort of changes, innovations, um, perhaps unexpectedness to the area of partnership for you, but it's been a long-term transit. So this is just the last little bit of it dipping back in for four last months from November to early March.
0: Right. And Uranus usually brings unexpected changes or disruptions or um, sometimes like revolutions in a mundane sense with mundane astrology in the area of the chart that it travels through. So it's been traveling through your Um, sector of relationships and partnerships for the greater part of the last decade. And while for most of you, the major emphasis of that transit is probably finished at this point, um, Uranus dipping back into that sign for a few months between now and March is probably going to give you a reminder of what that transit was all about. And maybe one last final sort of lesson to take home as you then move into the next decade, which is largely going to consist of Uranus moving through Taurus through your 8th whole sign house.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So probably nothing too unexpected in terms of you've already been experiencing this energy for quite a while, but just one last little dip will start in early November.
0: For sure. All right. And so that's more or less it, I believe, for the first third of the month. Mm -hmm. And then after that, um, in the second third of the month, we get into this cluster of, of alignments on the 15th and 16th, starting with Mars ingressing into Pisces starting on November 15th. So Pisces is the sixth whole sign house for those of you with Libra rising. The sixth house is the place of work, um, health matters, and also subordinates or those who work for you.
1: Mm-hmm. So typically a Mars transit into your sixth house will have you working a lot more than usual, like kind of having like a bigger workload on your plate. Um, it can also bring challenges or potentially even conflict with regard to other people or things represented so it can be um, health challenges. Um, it can be um, conflict with either coworkers or something around, or if you have um, employees, conflict with employees. Um, so, so for some reason, you're going to have to put a lot more effort for uh, one way or the other towards that area of your life, work and health.
0: And that's sort of worst-case scenario. So worst-case mm-hmm. scenario could be some challenges that arise in that area of your life. Best-case scenario, it's just having to put more energy there, which can sometimes lead to greater anxiety or sometimes expenditure of energy, which can sometimes leave, leave you feeling um, depleted or overwhelmed or things like that. So mm-hmm. it's going to vary depending on if you have a day chart or a night chart. If you have a day chart, it might be a little more challenging. If you have a night chart, it might be a little bit more constructive. Um, it's going to depend on your full natal chart, but that's one of the major shifts that's happening this month starting around the 15th of November. And that transit's going to continue through part of December as Mars continues to make its way through Pisces over the course of the next few weeks.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there are different specifics. I think the most common expression will be just to expect more work than usual for on your plate for a little while.
0: Sure. So the very next day on November 16th, we have Venus stationing direct in Libra, which is your rising sign or your first house. And we have Mercury stationing retrograde in Sagittarius, which is your third house of communication.
1: Mm-hmm. So, with that Jupiter transit into your third, while you're going to have some more expansion in those areas of your immediate neighborhoods, siblings, communicative activities, and so forth, um, that's a 12 month transit. But the very beginning of it may have a little bit of um, confusion or sort of revisiting involved because Mercury in this um, mid November is going to go retrograde in that same sign. And so, and right when it goes retrograde, it's actually exactly square Neptune and retro- Mercury retrograde, and also Neptune are both associated with either miscommunications or some nebulousness or something like that, some lack of clarity. And so, um, while this generally will be an area for you to expand in the coming year, just kind of watch out for um, confusions around those same areas at the be- or sorry, at the um, the second half of the month.
0: Yeah, so just learning how to communicate clearly and being sure that you're not under any false premises, or both you communicate clearly and other people are communicating clearly with you, mm-hmm. is going to be one of the major tricks and challenges, especially around the middle of the month.
1: Mm-hmm. And it could be for you in particular, Libra rising. It could especially be tied into work, coworkers, employees, etc., um, worker health, because that's where the Neptune square is happening towards is your sixth house.
0: Also like travel and short distance journeys. Since mm-hmm. Mercury's going retrograde in your third, make sure you you know, you know your directions, make sure you don't get lost, make sure you
1: make sure your car is like okay.
0: Right. Yeah. Does that I mean do people does it happen in the age of like Google Maps? I guess
1: probably well the GPS cannot work
0: right. Like the GPS (laughs) sends you to like the next state over.
1: Uh yeah exactly right.
0: (laughs) All right, let's hope. I mean that would be a great Mercury retrograde manifestation, especially with Mercury being associated sometimes with um like technological snafus. That would be a great Mercury retrograde story. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Yeah, I wonder if that was what happened with me. I went to the wrong state once, but it was before the age of GPS, so
0: (laughs) I I don't know. (laughs) All right. Um. All right. So, let's see. That's the Mercury. Also, the Venus station, we meant to mention that since that's, of course, more important for those of the, the people that we're talking about here with Libra rising since Venus is actually stationing direct in your rising sign or in your first house.
1: hmm Yeah. So, um, if you've been doing any revisiting, um, this is a process that's kind of coming in, in the middle of the Venus retrograde. And so, Venus has been going backwards through your first house of self. It can have to do... With your health, your body, it can have to do with your appearance, in particular when Venus is involved. Um, so, any sort of appearance changes you've been kind of, um, you know, deciding about, or how you present yourself in a more overall sense, your your kind of persona or your um, the identity that you put out in the world. So, Venus stationing direct then in your first house of self. Can bring a turning point with regard to any of those topics. So you could actually make that change of your appearance at that time. It sounds a little superficial, but it's not necessarily because it's still about how you put yourself out in the world.
0: Yeah, I mean, all right, so major debate times. Last month, I said with especially the Scorpio rising, where (coughs) Venus is going retrograde in Scorpio, that this might be a time for like a makeover, or in which you might choose to change or or revisit. Your appearance, your outward appearance. Obviously, sometimes it can be psychologically based since the first house is also our character and our psyche. So it could be something about changing how you act or how you behave. But for some people, it's much more literal about physical appearance. Mm-hmm. And I got some, I got some, uh, some hate, not hate mail, mm-hmm. but I got some comments that were saying that you definitely should not do a makeover during a Venus retrograde. Right. But I think for the Libra rising people, especially for now that it's stationing direct in your first house, that's that's the positive end of the retrograde. And I would not be surprised to see somebody like doing a makeover and trying a new hairstyle or trying a new wardrobe or something significant like that in terms of altering their outward appearance at this time.
1: Yeah, I would definitely agree with it stationing direct. I mean, I think the sort of um common folk knowledge of the Venus retrograde with regard to makeovers and like hairstyles and clothing and things like that is that It is a time to rethink it, but if you actually act on that at that time, you may change your mind later. And I've actually done that with like clothing. I've like bought things that like I would never buy ordinarily during Venus retrograde. Like, sure, I buy like feminine velvety things. And then like a month later, I was like, what is this?
0: (laughs) All right. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Let's take a poll after this. We're (laughs) almost at the end of the retrograde and we'll see who had like a positive. Fashion or makeover experience, and who had a negative one?
1: Well, I think the idea is you have to wait until the end of the whole period to see how it fleshed out.
0: Okay, yeah. So maybe once Venus stations direct and gets out of its shadow, mm-hmm. exactly. Um, later in November, or so. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll we'll revisit this issue on next month's horoscope. Yes. <laughs> Important debates in astrology. So what? Uh, that's pretty much the the middle third of the month, and then the last bit. Is this very active um, lunation, the second lunation, which occurs towards the end of November, around November 23rd? There is a full moon that takes place in Gemini. And for those of you with Libra rising, Gemini is, of course, your ninth whole sign house.
1: Right. So we would expect some sort of fruition or culmination to take place um, in the area of ninth house matters for you at that time, which would be things like long distance travel or. Um, higher education, religion, philosophy, astrology goes there traditionally. And um so it could be something that you started um maybe 6 months or so ago and now is coming to fruition. There's sort of a highlight on this area at this time. So it could be like a long planned trip for instance. Um you know, something like that.
0: Yeah, uh taking a test like testing your knowledge especially there would have been a new moon six months earlier where you would have started something, and now you might see a test of your knowledge in order to see what you've really learned over the course of the past six months, or um some people may have to start teaching that which they learned previously that could be a great culmination of events with respect to the ninth house for mm-hmm. other people, it could be taking a trip that you've been planning for a while with a full moon taking place in the ninth house, and that being the culmination of events that you experience in that area of your life.
1: Mm-hmm. Or perhaps graduating from a course of study, finishing a course of study.
0: Definitely. All right. Um, that's pretty much it in terms of, as far as I can tell, the major transits that we meant to cover in this episode. Is there anything else we got to mention?
1: No, I think those are all the major ones.
0: All right, cool. Well, that's pretty much it then for your horoscope for Libra rising and uh, whatever other Libra Libras we're talking about here for the month of November of two thousand and eighteen. Uh, so, thanks a lot for watching. If you enjoyed this video, please be sure to like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Let us know what you think of the new setup. We got a new new studio going here um, in the comments section below. And with any luck, uh, we will be back again next month.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, anything else we meant to mention?
1: Um, Well, every month we do um, together also a 45-minute electional astrology podcast um, through the astrology podcast. And so that's for subscribers on certain tiers. um, So you can check that out at com slash subscribe, where we talk about the four or five or six best dates and times that month to start important ventures in order to have them be the most successful.
0: Definitely. So you can find out more information about that's available through our page on Patreon and you can find a link to that at theastrologypodcast.com slash subscribe. All right, thanks a lot for watching this month and we'll see you again next month for the horoscope for December. Hey, my name is Chris Brennan and this is your horoscope for those of you with Scorpio and Scorpio rising for November of 2018. Joining me today is astrologer Lisa Scheim. Hey, Lisa. Hi, Chris. And we're going to be going over your transits for the next few weeks. So let's jump right into it. Let's take a look at your transit chart for Scorpio rising. So here's the chart, and the month can basically be divided into three hotspots where there's some major planetary clusters or major planetary alignments that are happening. Um, In the first half of the month, or in the first third of the month, I should say, the major transits are a new moon taking place in Scorpio in your rising sign on the 7th, and then Jupiter ingressing into Sagittarius, which is your second house of finances on November 8th.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Jupiter is going to bring natural expansiveness to anything it touches. And so, it's moving into your second house of income and possessions for the next 12 months. So, you've got a while. This is going to be a process of kind of expanding, either expanding your actual income, which is usually good news to most people, um, expanding the things that you own, or basically expanding your your means to create an income for yourself.
0: yeah, and sometimes Jupiter can also rectify issues in par- different parts of a person's life that are there that are pre-existing. So sometimes it can be like cleaning up your finances or improving things after a period in which you've had some difficulties, which may especially be the case since. Uh, about a year ago in December, Saturn finally left Sagittarius and moved out of your second house of finances, which can sometimes tend to be more of a um, a conservative period for finances or a period in which financial matters are a little bit tighter than at other times. Whereas here, with Jupiter transiting through the second, we should expect more of a, a looser period for financial matters.
1: Yeah, definitely. And so, while that can also be um, the opposite um, part of finances, you're kind of looser with you know spending money. Um, it should um, also be a better time for your finance bringing in finances.
0: Sure. Yeah. So that's going to be more positive for those of you with day charts potentially, and a little bit less positive for those of you with night charts. But otherwise, it's a generally all around decent transit.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, at the beginning of the month, we also have a new Moon that's taking place in Scorpio in your rising sign or in your first whole sign house. So a new Moon represents a new beginning or laying the new foundations of something that will grow over the course of the next six months. And um, the first house is the house or the place in the chart that represents your sense of selfhood, and it represents both your mind as well as your body.
1: Mm-hmm. So it could be a new start with regard to um, bodily matters, health matters, um... It could also be a new start with regard to your appearance, so um, some sort of new beginning with regard to your physical appearance or how you even present yourself. It's coming at the very tail end of this year-long Jupiter transit through your first house, which is ending right after that new moon the next day. And so, it's interesting because Jupiter has been, um, in theory, expanding your sense of self in some fashion over the past year. And so, this is almost like a new start within that longer process that's been happening already and may may or may not for some people lead into something about a new start with um your identity and how you put yourself out there leading into that Jupiter expansion of your income.
0: Oh right. And this is the one where a month ago I got some flack for saying that Venus retrograde through Scorpio might coincide with like a makeover or that it might be a time in which you might have the impulse to have a makeover. And some people were like, that doesn't make sense in terms of the traditional or like contemporary understanding of Venus retrograde not always being a great time to do that.
1: Right. Yeah, I think there's there's an agreement that it is a time to revisit um, or rethink the way you put your appearance together. Um, But it's just a matter of whether you act on that at that time or wait until it goes direct or after it goes direct.
0: Right. All right. Well, now it's going direct and then Venus will not long after this, it's not going to happen this month, but by next month, I think it'll make its way back into Scorpio. And we also have that combined with this new moon that's taking place in Scorpio. So, I mean, that's pretty good, you know, perhaps time for a new beginning in terms of one's appearance or how you put yourself forward to the wor- world, whether that's like physical and in terms of aesthetics or whether that's in terms of your character and personality and something that you do differently in terms of how you sort of act and behave in the world
1: definitely well and especially as you mentioned with the venus transiting back through the first house after that new moon in scorpio and so it's an especially good time because venus uh, tends to attract people to you and so whether you're changing your appearance or not it's still a good time to kind of put yourself out there as an individual and get kind of a better response
0: right so um that's some first house stuff going on the only other major transit in the first part of the month is uranus is retrograding out of Taurus out of the seventh house of relationships for those of Scorpio rising and it's moving it's dipping back into Aries briefly for just a few months, which is the sixth house of work and health and subordinates so this is a a long term transit that's largely played out already because it started way back in two thousand ten and it's pretty much at its end, but we're getting one last visit of Uranus back into your 6th house in order to sort of see if you got the point of that transit and in order to finally bring it to conclusion between now and March.
1: Yeah. So this is just one last 4-month dip into your 6th house. And I think that could in part tie in with that new Moon in the 1st because the 1st and the 6th can both be health houses. So You know, Uranus transiting through your sixth house could have been bringing since 2010 some sort of changes with regard to um, how you take care of your health or different health modalities that you use or health habits, things like that. And so, it could bring one last little change, perhaps in that way, especially in combination with the new moon in the first house of body. Um, It also, I think, could tie in with that Jupiter transit going into the second house because Uranus is also Moving back for a little bit into your sixth house of work. And so while you could have been innovating ways to uh, ways you work, sometimes that's using more technology in your work or working remotely or different kind of um, independence, actually, because that's a good Uranus keyword. So independence in your work could potentially this last little bit of that transit tie in then or parlay into um, the Jupiter expansion in the next year to come um, of your income.
0: Right. So um, radical changes is usually a good Uranus keyword. So one of the good things to do is to try to reflect on some of the ways in which over the course of the greater part of the last decade that you've had some radical changes in terms of the 6th house, in terms of either your health matters or in terms of your work and what you do for work or how you do work just in general.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: All right. So that transit starts towards the beginning of the month on the 6th, and then we'll go through March. And that's pretty much all the stuff in the first third of the month. So now we skip forward about a week. And starting November 15th, we have the ingress of Mars into Pisces uh, on November 15th.
1: Mm-hmm. So Mars will be moving out of your fourth house of home and family a uh, mid-month into your fifth house, with, which can have to do with children. If you have children or work with children, can have to do with sexuality, pregnancy, um, creative pursuits, things that you do for fun in general is a good fifth house topic. So Mars moving into that house can bring either um, more effort or more attention that you're you're paying during your day to those type some at least some of those topics. It could also bring some conflict at times um, around those topics with other people in your life. Um, But for one reason or another, you're going to be putting more effort into that area in the same way that you've been doing for a few months now um, for home and family.
0: Yeah, so good news, Mars no longer transiting through your fourth house of home and parents, which it has been for many, many months. And sometimes that's been irritating or created frustration surrounding the home and living situation or the parents. And now the more challenging news is that it's shifting into the fifth house, which for some of you, for example, if you have children, may bring anxieties or stress or other thing, other challenges like that sort of surrounding the topic of children in general. Um, but the good news is that it's a more short-term transit that'll just last for a few weeks versus that Mars transit through your fourth house, which was something that lasted for several months.
1: Right. Normally they only last about six weeks. So it's a, it'll be a little quicker.
0: So that is the Mars ingress on the 15th. The very next day on November 16th, we have Venus stationing direct in Libra, uh, in your 12th house. And we have Mercury stationing retrograde in Sagittarius in your second house of finances.
1: Mm-hmm. So while you will have a Jupiter expansion going on for the next twelve months in your house of income and possessions, at the very beginning of that process, mid-month uh, for a few weeks, there be might be a little bit more confusion than usual, um, or revisiting uh, of old old income or possession topics because Mercury is going to be going retrograde in your second house of income and exactly as it goes retrograde, it's exactly square Neptune, which introduces yet another layer of confusion or nebulousness around those topics, which you usually don't want around second house topics.
0: Yeah. Be careful about miscommunications this month surrounding finances, um, especially since it's connecting the second house and the fifth house. Be careful about um, uh, interactions with children that involve financial matters like lending your children money or something like that. Um, 5th house, I guess, in some traditions is also like speculation or other things like that, right?
1: Yeah, definitely. So like, um, you know, playing the stock market, that type of thing.
0: Sure. So that really peaks, especially around the middle of the month. It's kind of in effect for a while, but that Mercury station happens on the 16th. So just be sure to dot all of your I's and cross all of your T's when it comes to financial matters. With that Mercury retrograde taking place in your second house of finances this month.
1: Mm -hmm. And just know that while there will be a new start for expanding that area of your life, um, it may not look like it immediately for the first few weeks of that transit.
0: Sure. Um, All right. The other thing I mentioned was Venus stationing direct um, in Libra in in your 12th house, which is bringing to an end the Venus retrograde period that's been happening over the course of the past few months. Um, it's kind of interesting for those of you with Scorpio rising. The 12th house, um, the 11th house is traditionally the house associated with friends and the 12th house is traditionally the house associated with enemies. But having Venus return back to the 12th house of enemies is kind of interesting because Venus tends to unify and reconcile things. So for some of you, it might be, um, time to, or you might find yourself attempting to reconcile with somebody who either you considered to be an enemy or somebody that just had very different a very different agenda that perhaps ran at cross-purposes to your own, but now finding a, a need to actually make amends with that person and see if you can smooth over any differences that you had in the past.
1: Mm-hmm, definitely. I think that's a really great way to think about that transit. Some of the other things could be um, the way you spend time alone in seclusion, because the 12th house is a very secluded house. Um, and so any sort of, um, solitary activities you do could, um, come back and start running more smoothly. That's kind of like a, a home thing as well. Um, I can't think of any other, I, g- I guess sometimes the 12th house can be like lingering things that are problematic for you, like chronic things or whatever. And so, um, that maybe that going forward could start to smooth out if you have any of those type of things going on.
0: Yeah. So what, whatever it is, because it's a Venus retrograde and because it's coming back to some degrees that had already passed several weeks ago, it may be something that you did and you thought was over but that you have to return back to in order to bring to completion and perhaps revisit because what you thought you had finished was not actually done but actually required you to come back and sort of uh, bring it to some conclusion. Mm-hmm. All right, so that's all the stuff happening in the middle of the month, and then eventually we get to the end of the month. And the major thing we wanted to mention is just there's a lun- the second lunation of the month is a full moon in Gemini, which takes place on the 23rd of November, and that is taking place in Gemini in your eighth whole sign house.
1: Right, and so a full moon is going to bring to fruition whatever had come before. Typically, something that had been started about six months prior. So it'll bring to some sort of Um, fruition, completion um, type of thing with respect to 8th house matters, which can often be shared resources. um, So, some sort of peak uh, of happening between of money that you share with another person.
0: Yeah, the 8th house is other people's money in general. Mm -hmm. That seems to be like the best, most general keyword that I've ever been able to come up with because that ends up covering a whole range of different things from like A romantic or business partner's money to um, the idea of taxes, to the idea of debt, to the idea of inheritance, Mm -hmm. um, and this whole sort of range of things that we don't usually think about, but really plays a pretty major role sometimes in our in our personal lives.
1: Right, and so any of those things, there could be some sort of culmination at that time. It's just it's another financial house besides the second house.
0: Yeah, we're just seeing another activation here of financial matters that we sort of saw with the Mercury and Jupiter stuff going on in the second house of personal finances. For some reason, towards the end of the month, we're seeing uh, a culmination of events with respect to other people's money in your life. So it could be constructive, it could be challenging, it could really go either way depending on your birth chart, but just pay attention to it. And when you see the uh, the full Moon occurring in the sky later this month towards the end of November, just try to meditate on what role um, other people's money is playing in your life right now, and if the culmination of events that's happening is something that's going well, or if it's something that you need to work on or try to reorient in some way because it's not serving you in in a way that's constructive.
1: Mm-hmm. Credit cards—that's a big one. Debt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Taxes.
0: All right. Yeah. Uh, so so I think that's pretty much it for this horoscope for November of 2018. So Mm -hmm. thanks a lot, everybody, for watching. Please be sure to like this video and subscribe to this channel if you want to see more videos like this in the future. Um, If you like the new setup, the new office, the new studio we got going here, let us know in the comments section below. And with any luck, we'll be back again next month to do the horoscopes for December. And uh, anything else we meant to mention?
1: Um, every month, we, Chris and I also do a 45-minute podcast about oh. the most auspicious elections for that month, picking the best four to six dates and times to start new ventures for the, the most success possible.
0: Definitely. So that's called the Auspicious Elections Podcast, and it's available to um, patrons of the Astrology Podcast who sign up through our page on Patreon. And you can find out more information about that at theastrologypodcast.com slash subscribe. All right, that's it. So, thanks for joining me today. Yeah, thank you. All right, and thanks to you guys for watching, and we'll see you next month. Hi, my name is Chris Brennan, and this is your horoscope for Sagittarius and Sagittarius rising for November of two thousand and eighteen. Joining me today is astrologer Lisa Scheim. Hi, Chris. Astrologer extraordinaire. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Uh, And we're going to be looking at your transits for the course of the next few weeks. So, let's jump right into it by first looking at the transit chart for those of you with Sagittarius rising. So, this is the chart. And um, there's a few different clusters of things happening this month. You can bas- basically break the month up into thirds. And the first third of the month, the major, major transit that stands out is Jupiter is actually ingressing. It's completing its one year transit through the sign of Scorpio, and it's moving into the sign of Sagittarius starting on November 8th.
1: Yeah. And that's actually the most exciting news for you in particular, if you have Sagittarius um, major placements or Sagittarius rising, because that means it's going into your first house of self. And so that's going to um, really strongly affect you, um, even more so than most people. So that brings new starts to the area of personal identity, um, putting yourself out there in the world, as well as your appearance or bodily matters.
0: Right. So the first house is both the mind as well as the body. And so you should see some cycles of growth and development in both of those areas over the course of the next 12 months. Um, so that can be really positive, especially if you have a day chart. It can be a little bit less positive if you have, if you have a night chart, but it's really going to depend on how your chart works out um, in general or what your natal placements are.
1: Yeah, definitely. So it can vary a little bit. I would say that the one thing to watch out for, although it's otherwise usually a very good transit for most people, is expansion can be literal. And so when it comes to your first house, it's like really easy to gain weight or kind of indulge yourself. Um, but otherwise, expansion in the area of personal identity tends to be a really good new start for most people.
0: Yeah, it's a funny um, thing because I have noticed sometimes, like Saturn transits going through the first house, while it can coincide with a period of like difficult health issues or bodily issues or other disturbances like that. Sometimes people can lose weight, and sometimes they can lose way too much weight mm-hmm. um, and become like gaunt or or something like that. But Jupiter transits, conversely, even though Jupiter is a benefic planet and typically um, you'll get more positive things like that. Sometimes Jupiter can can overdo things. So that's one of the things that you sometimes have to check during those transits.
1: Right, definitely.
0: All right. So that's Jupiter transiting through and we're going to return to that in the future because Jupiter's transit through your first house is going to be going on for the next 12 months. So it's something that is going to become more or less intense during different parts of the next year. But it's good to start paying attention to it now as soon as it goes into Sagittarius because you'll see some of the themes and um, issues or other things start to come up as soon as it goes into that sign, even if sometimes they start to develop a little bit slowly. Mm-hmm. All right, so the other thing happening, um, it looks like there's a new Moon in Scorpio in your 12th house that's taking place on the 7th. I think you had one or two things to say about that.
1: Yeah, it's it's taking place in the same place that Jupiter has spent the last year transiting in the 12th house, which is one of the most private areas of your chart. So typically, um, if you've been having a Jupiter transit through Scorpio in your 12th house in particular, you maybe haven't noticed in an outward sense an expansion in your life. It tends to be more either an expansion of of faith in a kind of quiet contemplative type of, type of way, an expansion in um, you spending more time alone or things like that. And so, while Jupiter is moving out of that area now, it has been an area that you're familiar with from the past year. And so, it's one last little new start Within that area of your life, um, whatever that pertains to, um, you know, with respect to you.
0: Sure. So that new moon is taking place in Scorpio, as I said, on the seventh. Um, let's see. The other major stuff happening starts taking place towards the middle of the month, and that the the very first thing that I wanted to mention is Mars ingressing into Pisces on November fifteenth.
1: Right. So, it's moving out of your third house, um, which has to do with neighbors, siblings, um, and short trips, things like that. It's finally moving into Pisces, and that's going to be your home and family area. So, your physical dwelling, as well as um, your parents in particular, and sometimes other family members or anyone who lives with you. And so, Mars um, coming to your fourth house uh, can bring more effort to that area. So, you may be working on something um, around that area, and it may be um, kind of stirring up things temporarily in a more less convenient fashion, like remodeling your house or something like that, like a room in your house. Right. It can also be conflict with your family members um, or around your house um, on the on the more negative side.
0: Sure. So for some people it's going to be just a greater expenditure of energy in terms of the home and living situation or perhaps the parents. And for others, there might be some challenges that actually come up either in your home and living situation or with respect to, Perhaps your relationship with your parents or something happening in your parents' lives. So it's going to vary depending on your birth charts. People with day charts will probably find it a little bit more challenging and the people with night charts probably a little bit more constructive, but it will basically depend on how the fourth house is situated in your chart uh, according to your birth chart.
1: Mm -hmm. But for one reason or another, you're going to be putting more effort towards that area of your life for the next six weeks or so after that
0: ingress. Sure. So the good news, though, is that it's not going to be as long as the third house transit of Mars through Aquarius has been over the course of the past few months, because this is something that's just going to happen over the course of a few weeks, and Mars is not going to go retrograde in that house. So it'll just sort of come and go over the course of a few weeks. Definitely. All right. So that's happening on the 15th. And the next thing occurs the very following day on the 16th, we have Venus stationing direct in Libra, and we have Mercury Uh, stationing retrograde in Sagittarius.
1: Right, so Venus has been uh, going retrograde and that's your 11th house of friends, groups, and associations. And Venus going retrograde tends to bring a revisiting or kind of rethinking of your associations in that area. So maybe you've been kind of rethinking a friendship with someone or your involvement with a group or something like that, or you've had to go back over some material related to those things. And so Venus stationing direct is a turning point in that process. And it will start um, doing its kind of normal Venus job of unifying instead of kind of acting more problematic in that area of your life.
0: Yeah. So revisiting back to or sometimes returning back to certain relationships. And if you had a falling out with a friend at some point or if a friend maybe started playing less of a prominent role in your life, you may decide to revisit that and re analyze that relationship or reassess that relationship and perhaps um, have a sort of change of heart when it comes to that. So for some people, they'll experience it as more of like a reconciliation with friends or something of that nature.
1: Right. And if you've been having bumps in that area of what you, whatever you've been trying to do in the last month or so, um, it should start to go more smoothly and more productively after it goes direct in your 11th house.
0: Definitely. So that is the Venus stationed towards the middle of the month on the 16th in your 11th house of friends and then there's also Mercury stationing retrograde um, in your first house right Yeah Okay so that's also taking place on the 16th
1: Mhm Yeah so um the Mercury station retrograde is going to cons- coincide with an exact square to Neptune and so especially during that point in the month but even overall during a lot of this month there may be um, a tendency for more confusion or miscommunication to come up even more so than a regular Mercury retrograde because the square to Neptune adds an additional layer of those types of things. So it's a good time to kind of be cautious about um, miscommunications, especially involving family members since the Mercury retrograde is going from your first house of self square to Neptune in your fourth house of home and family. in parents um
0: yeah. yeah so so try to be extra careful this month to avoid uh miscommunications involving your parents or miscommunications involving your home and living situation so maybe that could be something like with a landlord or if you're trying to like buy a new house or sign a lease on a house or something like that try to avoid making a mistake on your part since it's coming from potentially you since mercury stationing retrograde in your first house mm-hmm. um yeah, generally I think we've been advising other people that if it's possible, it's like if you have to do something this month and you have to do it with the Mercury retrograde, but if it's p- possible, if it's like a major thing and it's possible to put it off a few weeks until the end of the retrograde, it might be advisable just because it's it's sometimes better to do stuff uh, like especially like things like signing contracts when Mercury is stationing direct three weeks later versus when it's first stationing retrograde, especially in this instance with it squaring Neptune at the same time.
1: Definitely. And I would especially say that for signing leases or buying a house or things like that. Um, you know, if you have to, you have to, but if you can wait, since that's such a major contractual purchase and Neptune is so heavily involved in that area of your life, I would I would try to wait a few more weeks if you can.
0: All right. And then finally that's the, the middle phase of the month. And finally, that brings us to the last phase of the month where um, there's a, the second lunation is a full Moon which takes place on the 23rd of November in Gemini. So, we have a full Moon taking place uh, in Gemini. And for those of you with Sagittarius rising, Gemini is of course your 7th house of relationships and partnership.
1: Right. So, that kind of puts a temporary spotlight um, of fruition coming to your 7th house of personal or and or business partnerships. As well as your one on one interactions with other people it can be clients if you do client work as well. So um something that you may have started approximately six months ago will now come to a fruition in your seventh house of partnership.
0: Yeah. So this could be a relationship that started out gradually or even imperceptibly, but then slowly has become more and more important. So that suddenly uh with this sort of spotlight being shown, shining, shown. I don't know.
1: <laughs> it's getting late. <laughs>
0: There's a spotlight (laughs) and it's doing something to your your seventh house. It's It's shining there. Yeah. Shining on your seventh house of relationships. And so, uh, it will sort of take on a greater precedence in your life during this time, especially towards the later part of the month with this full moon taking place on the 23rd.
2: -hmm.
0: All right. And I think that's it. So we're, we're, uh, what have we been doing? We've been doing horoscopes all day. So we're getting a little, a little tired at this point, but I think we've covered all the major transits that we meant to cover for. November of 2018, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, thanks a lot, everybody, for watching this video. If you like the video, please be sure to like the video and subscribe to the YouTube channel for more videos like this one in the future. Um, let us know what you think of the new setup. This is a new podcast studio that we're doing for recording videos like this one. And this was a bit of an experiment, but so far so good. So, let mm-hmm. us know what you think in the comments section below. And mm-hmm. anything else we meant to mention?
1: We also Chris and I also do an electional podcast every month, mm-hmm. and we pick um, approximately four to six best dates and times to start important things um, for the best possible success.
0: Yeah, so that's called The Auspicious Elections Podcast, and it's available to patrons of The Astrology Podcast who support us through our page on Patreon. So you can find out more information about that by going to the slash subscribe, and I'll put a, a link in the description below this video. All right, right, that's it. Well, thanks, everyone, for watching. Thanks, Lisa, for joining me.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me.
0: And good luck this month, and we'll see you again in December of 2018.
1: Yeah, thanks for watching.
0: Hey, my name is Chris Brennan, and this is your horoscope for Capricorn and Capricorn rising for November of 2018. Joining me today is astrologer extraordinaire, Lisa Shine. Hi, Chris. (laughs) Hey. (laughs)
1: You're going to make me laugh when you say that.
0: (laughs) Right. Um, And we are going to look at your transits for the month of November of 2018. Uh, So let's jump right into it. All right, so here's a transit chart showing uh, Capricorn rising and showing the movements of the planets and wh- where they'll start at the beginning of the month and where they'll end up by the end of the month. So it's pretty useful for looking at um, planets changing signs and moving into different houses or different sectors of your chart over the course of the next few weeks. So um, where should we start for November? It looks like there's a cluster of stuff that happens in the first third of the month that maybe we should start with if we want to go chronologically.
1: Sure. And the big one, of course, that many people are anticipating is Jupiter's move into Sagittarius. Um, So it's ingressing into Sagittarius for the next 12 months. It has been in Scorpio for the last 12 months. And so for you, Capricorn or Capricorn rising, that means that Jupiter is moving into your 12th house. And the 12th house governs basically things in solitude. So whether that's your own solitude at home, um, contemplative type of activities, Um, or whether that's helping out um, other people who are in solitude.
0: Yeah, that's an interesting transition because it's going from basically a year of um, Jupiter going through the 11th house of friends and groups and some of the cycles of expansion where you should have seen some growth in terms of friendships or associations with groups or other things of that nature to kind of the opposite in a sense because the 12th is a much more isolated house.
1: Yeah, I always find it's an it's an odd transition, the 12th coming after the 11th, because the 11th is so social and then you're moving into a sudden seclusion type of phase.
0: Sure. And um, one of the other weird associations with the 12th that can sometimes be relevant, sometimes not, is that the 11th house is a traditionally associated with friends and the 12th is traditionally associated with enemies or people who maybe work at cross purposes to you and they don't necessarily have to be outright enemies. But they can be people who maybe um, have goals that uh, sort of are not the same as your own. Mm-hmm. So right. Jupiter's transit there can sometimes be positive in the sense that can indicate smoothing things over or reconciling with people who previously you considered to be enemies or people who perhaps you know you weren't good on good terms with for some reason.
1: Right. Yeah, that could be helpful for that. Um, and I think you mentioned earlier, right? Jupiter also could be. Um, you going out of your way to help or kind of be beneficial to people who are kind of in infor- unfortunate situations. So, charity type of things, whether people are um, in seclusion in hospitals or in prisons or things like that, it can be um, kind of you bringing beneficial things to those areas.
0: Right. The 12th house is traditionally a house that has to do with people that are not necessarily in a good state, like people sometimes in um, hospitals or sometimes people in prisons. And having a benefic planet like Jupiter transiting through that house can indicate um, doing sort of like charity work or somehow trying to bring a positive influence into what is otherwise a challenging situation.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. But overall, it's going to be kind of a, a time of expansion in areas that aren't completely visible to most of your world, whether that's because you're going into secluded places or whether it's because you're doing a lot of um, internal expansion on your own like um, metaphysically or psychologically or things like that.
0: Sure. All right. So that is the Jupiter transit. We'll come back to that transit a lot over the course of the next year because that's, of course, a 12-month-long transit. So it's going to be more or less important at different stages over the course of the next year. But it's something that's really just starting to kick off as soon as Jupiter moves into that house uh, of your chart, your twelfth house into Sagittarius, starting on the eighth of the month, and for some of you, you may start to see some of those topics or themes start to develop in your life very gradually or sometimes imperceptibly before eventually gaining steam and becoming more like dominant themes later in the year.
1: Mm-hmm, definitely. And then the the day immediately before that, there's actually a new moon in Scorpio, where Jupiter is leaving, so where it's been in your eleventh house of friends and groups. Um, there's actually a new start in that area just as that Jupiter transit ends.
0: Sure. So usually this represents a a long-term like six-month thing where you start laying the seeds or foundations when it comes to uh, the topic of friends or groups or allies where you begin a new phase in your life that will eventually come to a culmination or some sort of completion six months from now. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So while you are otherwise kind of moving into a, a quieter space, at least with that Jupiter transition, there is one last little kind of new start um, on the tail end of that expansion of your friends and groups area. So you might plant the seeds for something new that you want to do in that area at that time.
0: Right. Um, let's see. The only other major transit that's happening in that initial cluster towards the beginning of the month is Uranus is going to retrograde out of Taurus and it's going to retrograde back into Aries which is your 4th whole sign house for those of you with Capricorn rising. And the 4th house represents one's home, living situation, and parents.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so while Uranus transit has been... That was happening from 2010 on, so it was kind of a long transit that's almost complete, but it'll go back from early November to early March for four last months. And It's just kind of the tail end of um, a process of shaking up your home and family, which has probably largely already happened in previous years. Um, Innovations to home and family, perhaps unexpected developments with respect to your parents or in your parents' lives, Um, some sort of changes in your home probably have happened. And so, this is just the last little bit of that transit.
0: Sure. So, radical changes in terms of the home and living situation or parents, but it's something that's probably already run its course for you over the course of the past decade. And Uranus is just dipping back into that sign or that sector of your chart in order to make sure that you got the idea, you got the the lesson. And then by the time it leaves, finally, for the final time in March, um, you will have moved on and, and completed whatever the sequence of events is that was supposed to manifest in that part of your life since 2010.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: All right. So that is starting towards the beginning of the month as well. And that takes us in then eventually to the second major hotspot in the month, which is about the 15th and 16th, starting with Mars's ingress uh, into Pisces, where Mars is moving out of Aquarius uh finally, and it is ingressing into Pisces. So those of you who've been following the horoscopes, my horoscopes of the past few months know that Mars went retrograde in Aquarius in your second house of finances, and it's kind of been hanging out there um, sometimes creating a bit of a disturbance for financial matters over the course of the past few months off and on. The good news is that that period is finally over by the middle of November, and Mars is now firmly moving into Pisces and into your third house of travel, communication, siblings, and neighbors.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the kind of effort that you were putting towards financial matters over the past few months um, that'll lighten up. And now you'll be putting more of your efforts towards some of those third house activities. So, maybe efforts towards um, things involving your siblings or your neighbors, effort towards um, uh, just a lot more short distance travel, just traveling around town more, that kind of thing around your neighborhood. Um, can also be more effort towards communicative things like speaking or writing more, um, that type of thing. It's a good time to watch your tone a little bit though. Sometimes Mars going through the third house can make your tongue a little bit sharper temporarily.
0: Sure, it could put you more in more of a more of a fighting mood, um, and that's something that you might want to be careful about because sometimes uh, Mars transits can bring greater irritation or greater tension in the part of our life, uh, the part of the chart that they transit. So it could be tension with siblings, tension with neighbors, um, tension. Just with communication in general, or poten- potentially tension or anxiety involving short distance travel, like even just driving around town, can sometimes be a little problematic. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't have to be the end of the world. It doesn't have to be necessarily a major incident, but there could be some like minor thing that's sort of an annoyance that that crops up during this this part of the year,
1: mm-hmm. like car repairs, things like that.
0: Right. So, um, the good news is that unlike the previous transit of Mars through Aquarius, this is really only going to take place over the course of a few weeks um, because Mars is moving relatively swiftly at this point and it's going to go through Pisces uh, over the course of it's going to start in the middle of November and I think it goes through December sometime, but then eventually it'll move on relatively quickly and then go into Aries.
1: Right. Yeah, so this won't be a three-month transit.
0: Right. So yeah, that begins on November 15th and then the very next day we have Venus stationing direct and ending its retrograde cycle um in Libra in your 10th house.
1: Mhm. And that that sounds pretty nice to me for Capricorn Capricorn rising. So Venus retrograde has been kind of a revisiting of themes, perhaps um, a reworking of something with regards to your career or your your public reputation or things like that, or perhaps um, relationships with your supervisors. And so, while that is going backwards, sometimes there things go less smoothly in those areas or you have to rework things like uh, around those topics. But then when Venus stations to go direct, then things can finally start moving forward in a more progressive fashion. Um, things can be reunified. If you've had any um, lack of unity with supervisors or something around your career, that can start to go more smoothly because Venus is going in the in a, um, a direct fashion.
0: Yeah. Uh, basically, Venus is returning back to 25 Libra in your 10th house of career, and it's returning back to a spot that had already passed over a few months ago, which implies that there was something that you did in terms of your career several weeks ago that you probably thought was finished or that you sort of moved on from. But in fact, it turns out that you need to revisit something this month that needs to be looked at again and probably then finally brought to completion. And you'll see that happening especially around that station of Venus in your 10th house, but probably more broadly playing out over the course of November as Venus moved back into and then eventually will depart from I think next month from your 10th house of career. Mm -hmm. All right, so that's Venus. And then the only other thing we had was Mercury is stationing retrograde weirdly the same day that Venus is stationing direct um, except Mercury is stationing retrograde in the 12th house in Sagittarius.
1: Right. And Mercury is stationing retrograde um, exactly square Neptune in your third house. And so... In particular, it's a good time to be cautious of miscommunications even more than the regular Mercury retrograde just because the Neptune square adds an additional layer of potential for confusion or nebulousness or lack of clarity. Um, And Neptune being squared in your third house, which also reiterates those communicative type of themes, means that's especially so for you.
0: Yeah, I was trying to come up with um, like like a delineation for that for like 12th house enemies and 3rd house siblings or neighborhood it could be like a miscommunication or an argument an argument with siblings with mars moving into the 3rd house that results from a miscommunication with like mercury going retrograde in the 12th or it could be something where the 12th house is sometimes associated with like um self-undoing or self-sabotage so some way in which you've um, done something that's negatively impacted yourself, but as a result of a miscommunication or a misunderstanding or something like that.
1: That could be, yeah. I mean, those are different, definitely different factors that could come in based on those placements. Um, you know, it's just interesting with this particular rising sign, with Capricorn rising. I think this plays up the potential for confusion regarding um, or, or coming from that configuration, kind of to the hilt, because. You know, Mercury being in your 12th house, which is also kind of like a house you can't see. And so there's something kind of hidden about it, which also is similar to Neptune, you know, nebulousness and so forth.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, anyways, that's tied in with some of that Mars transit potentially. It's also tied in with the other third house stuff, just because Neptune is stationing um, in your third house in Pisces later this month. So yeah, it's, it's a little bit hard as whenever you're dealing with Neptune, it's hard to articulate because it's mm-hmm. always that which can't be fully articulated. Exactly. Just like Uranus is like the unexpected, it's expect the unexpected, whereas right. Neptune is, you know, articulate the unarticulatable. Right. right. <laughs> exactly. All right. So, uh, let's see. That's pretty much the middle of the month. And that brings us on to the end of the month where we just have one last little hot spot of activity around the 23rd when there's a full moon that takes place in gemini uh yeah
1: yeah so let's see maybe bring that back up
0: so that's taking place in the 6th house of mm-hmm. health work and subordinates
1: mhm yeah so that should bring to fruition something that you started approximately 6 months before that in that same area of work and health coworkers employees etc um so something that comes to like a like a full moon spotlight in the area of worker health so something that you started and is now kind of showing its results
0: yeah especially 6 months earlier when there would have been a new moon in your 6th house it could be like uh, a diet and exercise regime which you're starting to finally see 6 months later results from or you're finally starting to see some positive development taking place um, and that could also be true with just working towards health matters or other things in general. Um, it, it may also involve uh, either your workplace and some culmination taking place there, or if you find yourself in a leadership role, sometimes the sixth house can relate to people who work for you or otherwise subordinates.
1: Mm-hmm, right. Yeah. So, any of those three major areas, there could be some sort of culmination at this time.
0: All right. So, I'm looking and I think that's it in terms of are there any major transits we meant to mention but for totally spaced out?
1: Um, Unless I'm also spacing out, I don't think so.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, then I think we've made it to the end of these horoscopes for November of 2018. So, thanks Mm -hmm. everyone for watching. Uh, If you like this video, please be sure to like the video and subscribe to the YouTube channel for more videos like this in the future. Uh, Anything else we meant to mention?
1: So Chris and I also do um, a 45 minute podcast about electional astrology every month where we pick out approximately four to six best dates and times to start new ventures for the best possible results
0: yeah so that's called the auspicious elections podcast and we release it to patrons of the astrology podcast who support the show through our page on patreon so you can find out more information about that at the astrologypodcast.com slash subscribe mm-hmm All right. Well, that's it. So thanks. Good luck, everybody, this month in November, and we'll see you again next month in December for the horoscopes for that month.
1: Thanks for listening.
0: All right. See you next time. Hey, my name is Chris Brennan, and this is your horoscope for Aquarius and Aquarius rising for November of 2018. Joining me today is astrologer Lisa Scheim. Hi, Chris. Hello. Uh, And we're going to be looking at your transits for the next few weeks of the month of November. So let's take a look at your chart This is a chart with Aquarius rising, and it shows where the planets will be, where they'll start at the beginning of the month, and where they'll end up by the end of the month, which helps you to sort of visualize what houses and what signs the planets will move through over the course of the next month.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: All right, so um, there's three different phases of of activity this month. Um, Starting with the first third of the month, we get a few things happening in just the first week of November or so.
1: Right, and I think the most anticipated change in November is Jupiter moving into Sagittarius, which happens on November eighth. So that's a twelve-month transit through a new house, and it's been in your tenth house of career for the past year, and it's now moving into Sagittarius in your eleventh house, which has to do with friends and groups. So there should be uh, Jupiter is a natural expansive energy, and it's going so it's going to bring expansion um, to your social sphere, basically.
0: Yeah, so it's it's finishing up a one year transit of Jupiter through your 10th house of career and some of the cycles of growth and expansion in that sphere of your life and now it's moved into the place of friends and groups. So for some people this is very literal in terms of like making new friends, friends becoming more important in your life, friends playing a positive or constructive role in your life that's like useful and or, or helpful in some way.
1: Mhm. Yeah, it can also be an expansion into the larger social sphere like on the internet, um, that type of thing, or in social movements or things like that.
0: Sure. So getting involved in groups or doing volunteer efforts or, or other matters like that. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's Jupiter. And that's going to be taking place pretty much this a year-long transit. So it's just starting on November 8th. But um, it's something that we'll return back to a lot in future horoscopes over the course of the next year and will become more or less important at different points. But it's good to start paying attention to it now because for some of you, some of the themes and circumstances surrounding that transit in your life will really start to come into play or really start to build up very gradually starting at that ingress on November 8th.
1: Mm-hmm. And then just the day before, there's a new Moon in Scorpio, which is where Jupiter has been transiting for the past year in your career area, um, having to do with your career, your public reputation, and supervisors if you have any.
0: Yeah, so that new Moon is taking place on the 7th, it's in your 10th house. So usually a new Moon is like setting um, a foundation or laying the seeds of something that will grow and develop over the next six months. So it may be starting some new efforts at work. For some people, it could be starting a new job, starting a new phase in a current job if you're already employed.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And since it's where Jupiter has been transiting for the past year, it can be thought of as kind of a a new start within that longer process of expansion that you've been in already.
0: Right, that makes sense. Um, The other major thing that's happening towards the beginning of the month is the day before that new Moon, we have Uranus retrograding out of Taurus and moving back into Aries on November 6th.
1: Yeah, and so that's a a long-term transit that's been happening since 2010. So it's really just the last little bit of that transit. It had already moved into Taurus, and now it's back in to Aries for four more months um, before moving to Taurus for good. And Uranus has been transiting in your third house. So, we would have expected to see over the past um, eight or nine years or so innovations in your life with regard to how you communicate, perhaps using technology more in communicative activities, using the internet more, um, sometimes kind of unexpected disruptions around that area.
0: As an Aquarius rising, I can't relate to that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, Uranus went in. I have Aquarius rising. I don't know if you can tell with the t shirt. Is that subtle? Yeah, very. Okay. It's yeah. too, too subtle. Yeah. Uh, I have Aquarius rising. And when Uranus went into um, Aries, into my third house in 2010, that's when I started doing a podcasting. And then that eventually led to doing YouTube videos and eventually led to sitting in my living room at like 10 o'clock at night recording horoscope videos with with you.
1: Yeah, it's a really nice segue from your third to your fourth house of home. <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: Uh, so we're getting a little bit of both lately. And um, yeah, so I don't think that everybody that has Aquarius Rising that it's necessarily that dramatic. I'm not saying everybody has started a podcast in their living room over the course of course the past <laughs> decade or, or gone through the same transformation. But whatever that third house type transformation or sort of like radical change has been for you, In terms of communication, um, education. For some people, it's been your relationship with siblings or neighbors or extended relatives, which are other third house topics.
1: Mm -hmm. Or Um, transportation or your immediate neighborhood as well.
0: Yeah, whatever that is, it's probably something that's really already run its course over the past decade. And um, Uranus is just sort of dipping back into that sign very briefly over the next few months between now and March. In order to to make sure you got the point of whatever that transit was about and to sort of reflect on and bring some sense of completion and sort of finalize it, what's been a, a relatively long transit over the course of the greater part of the last decade.
1: Right. So for most people, unless you have a really pivotal thing right at that degree, it shouldn't be necessarily a major event per se, but just a revisiting of that topic for one last time.
0: Right. All right. So that is taking place at the beginning of the month, and that's pretty much all of the major transits in the first third of the month and that takes us through to the second third of the month where the first major transit that i wanted to highlight is mars ingressing into pisces on november 15th.
1: mhm so mars is finally moving out of your first house of self so for some people that could have been um issues with physical health or potentially being more argumentative or Types of things like that. I That wasn't personalized.
0: Maybe, what are you trying to say?
1: <laughs> but that transit is almost over. And um, it's moving instead now into your second house of income, possessions, finances in general. Um, so, there could be more effort that you need to pay um, starting mid-month and on um, to the area of finances. You could be um, needing to work more on your finances, you could be just working more period in order to bring in more income. It also could be um, a time of potential conflict with others surrounding money.
0: Sure. So Mars, um, uh, best case scenario, typically brings a greater expenditure of energy and focus to whatever house it translates or transits. So it could be just having to put a lot of energy or more energy into finances than usual, um, and and whatever. There's some phrase for that. I don't know what it is.
1: Uh, Initiative or self-self? I don't know. No,
0: I don't know. I was thinking more of a slang phrase, but I can't come Uh, up with it. So (laughs) um, best-case scenario, it's that worst-case scenario. it's uh, Sometimes Mars can bring anxiety or obstacles or difficulties or even conflict or strife to whatever house it transits through. So this could be bringing some potential challenges to the financial sphere um, when Mars moves into this sign. The good news though is it's not going to be like the past few months of Mars transiting through Aquarius through your first house where Mars actually stationed retrograde in that sign, but instead Mars is moving relatively swiftly at this point and it will make its way through Pisces and through your second house over the course of the next few weeks.
1: Mm-hmm. I think the word you were trying to think of was hustling.
0: Hustling, you got to hustle. Yeah. That's Mars, Mars transit through the second you just have to be careful because sometimes um, I was reading a good manifestation of this as a natal placement recently, which was um, Johnny Depp having Mars in a day chart in the second house natally, and there was like this Rolling Stone long like cover story that came out a few months ago about how he has issues like spending money way too fast and just like burns through it mm-hmm. or has burned through millions of dollars. So be careful not to burn through your money or spend excessively during this time, or or let's say impulsively.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: All right, it's so no more impulse buys. Right. <laughs> All right, got it. All right, so um, that's Mars on the 15th or that transit starts on the 15th. And then the very next day on the 16th, we have Venus stationing direct in Libra and we have Mercury stationing direct or stationing retrograde, I should say, in Sagittarius.
1: Mm-hmm. So Mercury is stationing retrograde in your 11th house of friends and groups. It's that same area that's going to have that Jupiter ingress um, and transit through the next 12 months. So while it's an area of expansion in general for the next year for you, friends and groups, um, there may be at the very beginning of that Jupiter transit, a period of a few weeks or so of potential confusion or miscommunication around the same area of groups and friends because Mercury is stationing retrograde and so going backwards in that area, especially as it is squaring Neptune. And so particularly with combinations of say, um, friends and money, if there's any interactions in your life between those topics, there could be um, confusion or miscommunication in those areas. So you want to be careful and um, really try to be clear about facts and details around those particular areas during that time.
0: Yeah. So Mercury going retrograde in your 11th house can bring revisiting or renegotiation or a reanalysis of matters pertaining to friends. But that square with Neptune in your second combined with Mars going into the second could potentially bring miscommunication or even potentially deception involving 11th house matters of friends or groups or alliances and second house matters pertaining to your finances. So if there was something like a contract that had to be signed with a friend or something this month where money was involved, that may be something to be a little bit more careful about. And I know we were having a discussion about you know, there's some things that you just have to do no matter what if it's the time to do it and you just hope for the best or try to do the best to make sure that you dot all of your I's and cross all of your T's and that the mistake or the miscommunication doesn't come from you. Making an an error or a misjudgment or a mistake on your part. Mm -hmm. But also, there's some instances where if there's something major happening and it doesn't have have to be done or signed right now, but instead you could put it off for a few weeks until the end of the retrograde, where that might actually be advisable in this instance.
1: Yeah, I would say so. Um, Yeah, because usually with the retrogrades, things kind of become clearer as it goes direct later.
0: Definitely. All right, so that Mercury retrograde, of course, like all Mercury retrogrades, will take place for about three weeks, starting from mid-November. So that means sometime in early December, it would start to come out of that.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. All right, cool. So that is the Mercury retrograde. We touched base. Did we touch base on Venus stationing direct in Libra in the ninth house? Mm-mm. All right, so Venus is actually going to um, station direct. It's coming out of its retrograde phase finally, and it's going to station direct in your ninth house of education philosophy, religion, but also travel and interaction with foreign places and foreign people or people that are from backgrounds or cultures that are much different to your own or different to where you started out in life. So Venus is somehow coming back to something that you perhaps thought that you finished or completed a few months ago. Perhaps it was something that you learned and it's asking you to revisit that because perhaps there was something that you thought that you learned or something that you gained a few weeks ago that needs you to go back and, and do it over one more time, and then you can bring it to completion and start moving forward.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this won't apply for everyone, but say if you've had any sort of fallings out or um, disconnect with people from overseas or um, people who are your teachers or things around education philosophy um etc there's a there's um a good opportunity to kind of reunite or bring things back together in a more pleasant fashion after venus station's retro, sorry station's direct starts going forward in a more productive fashion
0: yeah definitely so that venus retrograde transit is happening right around the time mercury's stationing and Also, when Mars is moving into the second, and it's not really like aspecting any of that, so it may or may not be connected, but it's interesting that it's happening almost simultaneously with some of those other things.
1: Yeah, definitely. This month, there's like a few distinct clusters like that where a few things happen at the same time,
0: right? Okay, so we can see that very clearly on the 15th and the 16th, and then that's pretty much it for the second third of the month, and then that brings us to the final third of the month where the major Notable sort of transit that's happening as the second lunation, which is the full moon that takes place at 23 degrees or on the 23rd of November in the sign of Gemini.
1: Mm -hmm. So that's going to bring to fruition or some sort of um, peak time, something that you started approximately six months before that time during the new moon. And so the full moon is a time of kind of lighting up that area and seeing the results of whatever started during that time. And so for you, the full moon is happening in the fifth house, which has to do with things like um, children. If you either have children or work with children, it has to do with generally having fun. It's sort of a recreation house. So going out, um, just uh, pleasurable activities, recreation. It also has to do with um, sexuality, pregnancy, things like that. Um, So any of those areas could be kind of like a spotlight for you temporarily for something to be coming to fruition at that time.
0: Right. And that is pretty much the last major transit. We also have uh, Neptune stationing direct in Pisces, but that's kind of tied in with that Mercury retrograde station between the in the 11th house that's squaring Neptune in the second house of finances that we talked about earlier. So that pretty much means I think that we've covered all the major transits for this month, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. All right. Awesome. Cool. Well, thanks a lot, everybody, for watching uh, this uh, episode of whatever I'm calling this horoscope series, the horoscopes podcast right. video <laughs>
1: something, <thing> experiment
0: <laughs> for November of 2018. Uh, thanks, Lisa, for joining me today.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: If you like the video, please be sure to like the video on YouTube and subscribe to my YouTube channel for more videos like this in the future. With any luck, we'll be back again in December to talk about your horoscopes for next month. Um, anything else we meant to mention?
1: So Chris and I do a 45-minute podcast also every month called the Auspicious Elections Podcast. And we pick out approximately four to six of the best dates and times we can find um, to start new ventures for the best possible results.
0: Right. So here we're kind of giving you the overview of all of the major transits, but in the Auspicious Elections Podcast, we actually try to highlight the four most sort of like lucky or auspicious days that we can find. If you have to begin different types of ventures and undertakings, and try to give them to you in a relatively easily digestible 45-minute video or audio podcast episode. So that series, the Auspicious Elections podcast, is available to patrons of the Astrology Podcast who support the show through our page on Patreon. So you can find out more information about it at theastrologypodcast.com/slash subscribe, and I'll put a link in the description below this video as well. So thanks a lot for watching. Uh, Good luck this month during the month of November, and we'll see you again next month in December.
1: Thanks for watching.
0: Hey, my name is Chris Brennan, and this is your horoscope for Pisces and Pisces Rising for November of 2018. Joining me today is astrologer Lisa Scheim. Hey, Lisa. Hi, Chris. And we're going to be looking at your transits for the next few weeks. So let's jump right into it by pulling up your transit chart for Pisces Rising. Uh, And this shows where the planets will start at the beginning of the month and where they'll um, how far they'll move through the zodiac by the end of the month so that you can see where they end up by the end of November. So this is a useful sort of visual tool that was designed by my friend Paula Bellomini for just visualizing the transits and which uh, houses of the chart the planets will move into over the course of the next month. All right, so um, you can basically break this month up into thirds in terms of planetary activity. And the start of the month, the major transit that really stands out in the first week or so of November takes place on November 8th. And that's when Jupiter uh, transits into or moves into the sign of Sagittarius, which for those of you with Pisces rising is actually going to be your 10th house of career and reputation and social standing.
1: Yeah. So typically, this is a really nice transit. It's going to last for the entire next 12 months. And um, Jupiter brings expansion to whatever it touches. So usually, when Jupiter transits your tenth house of career, it expands your kind of public recognition. Um, any of your career activities that you're you're trying to work on. Um, basically, it's good for your career for for most people.
0: Yeah, especially if you're sort of upward mobile and you're trying to work on something or or expand your career, um, expand your reputation, uh, make a name for yourself. In some instances the 10th house can also represent superior. So it can indicate a period in which you get along better with your bosses or other people that are in a superior position over you who may be able to give you a hand or where you might be on the receiving end of some sort of like beneficent um, situation or outcome.
1: Definitely. So whether you're self-employed or you work for a company, it's still good for your career one way or the other.
0: For sure. So this is a, a year-long transit. So this is something that we'll return back to in other horoscopes in the future and that will become more or less important at different points over the course of the next 12 months. But definitely, it's important to start paying attention to it now since as soon as it goes into Sagittarius on November 8th, for some of you, you'll start to see some subtle changes in your career that will start to build up um, somewhat slowly over the course of the next few months. Mm-hmm. All right, so that's one of the major transits that's happening at the beginning of the month. The other major thing that we notice is there's a lunation, which is a new Moon in Scorpio, which takes place on the 7th of November in uh, Pisces Rising's 9th house of education, religion, philosophy, travel, and foreign places.
1: Right, and that's actually where Jupiter has been transiting for you for the past 12 months. And the new Moon is oddly on the very last day that Jupiter is in your 9th house before it moves into your 10th. So for you, that means that there's some sort of new beginning being seeded in the area of travel or higher education or um, other cultures or any of those types of topics that go in the ninth house. And since you've already had that expansion happening for the past year there, um, you could kind of think of it as perhaps uh, a smaller new start within that larger process of expanding those topics in your life.
0: Right. So this could be sort of starting to study, starting a new educational path, like taking a course. It could be starting to study a new philosophy. Um, a lot of that's probably happened, as you said, through the Jupiter transit over the past 12 months, which would be more notable. But there's some new phase of that that's starting right now that will start to build up slowly over the course of the next six months until eventually early next year, you'll have a full moon in your ninth house and we'll see a, a fruition or a coming to fruition of things that started at this time at the new moon. Mm-hmm. All right, so that's the new Moon taking place in the first week. There's one other major transit that's happening towards the beginning of the month that we should mention, which is Uranus is going to retrograde out of a, out of Taurus, and it's going to move uh, back into Aries.
1: Yeah, so that's a long-term transit that's been happening since 2010 in your second house of income and possessions. And typically, a Uranus transit through that house um, kind of suggests that you innovate or you have disruptions or you have change of some sort in the area of your finances. And that's largely a process that's finished, it's almost finished. It's just dipping back in from the beginning of November through the beginning of March for four more months to kind of just do a last little revisiting of whatever uh, innovations you have been doing with respect to how you make money.
0: Right. So major innovations and major changes with respect to finances and possessions, but this is something that's already Largely run its course over the course of the past decade. And Uranus is just dipping back in there for the next few months between now and March to make sure that you to sort of give you a retrospective and make sure you got the point of that second house transit over the course of the greater part of the last decade before eventually in March it'll move back into Taurus and it will not be back to that area of your chart for another like 70 or 80 years.
1: Right. So it's nothing to be worried about. It's something that you've been doing for a long time now. It's just one last little taste of it.
0: Yeah, so it might be a good time over the next few months to sort of reflect on the ways in which financial matters or possessions, how your relationship with those has changed over the course of the past uh, three quarters of a decade or so. Mm -hmm. All right, cool. So that's all the major stuff happening in the first third of the month. Then we move on to the second third of the month, which um, really the main highlight of that is Mars is moving into Pisces starting on November 15th. And this is basically completing a major transit of Mars transiting through Aquarius where it went retrograde a few months ago, which has created like an elongated transit of Mars through your 12th house. And now Mars is eventually this month in the middle of November moving into your first house.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Right. And so, um, this is going to be a much quicker transit. Mars transits are usually approximately six weeks as opposed to the last few months that it's been into Aquarius because of the retrograde. So, it will move quicker this time. Um, Mars transiting through your first house can bring more effort or potentially um, work related to your physical body because the first house is one of the houses of health. So, it can indicate something like Starting a new, um, exercise routine or something like that. Um, it can also bring a little bit of a, you can be more energized because of Mars, but it can also put you a little bit on edge because Mars can be something that makes you feel a little bit more like self-asserting, but that can move into aggression at times. So those are, you know, sort of the good and bad of getting an extra Mars boost in your first house of self
0: right so that can be greater anxiety or tension uh which constructively can just be energy and having more energy than you thought possible for a period of time for a few weeks but sometimes can have a, a can kind of backfire and lead to like irritability or tension or sometimes becoming more um easily angered or having sort of a hair trigger
1: mhm so it's a good time for self assertion for kind of like doing things that that require more energy it's also a good time to you know, get an exercise routine going if you were doing something like that. Um, just be careful not to injure yourself. You know, Mars is, you know, it's it's a good energy boost, but it's not necessarily a refined energy.
0: Yeah. And be careful not to go too far in asserting yourself to other people so that you become like a jerk or something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Don't be a jerk. That's no. a Yeah, that's
1: that's the Mars transit lesson. Don't be a jerk
0: jerk <laughs> transit. Right. All right, so that's happening. That's starting November fifteenth, and that'll last for a few weeks. It'll take us into December, so we'll re- we'll revisit that transit again next month, since it'll be ongoing for another few weeks. And the very next day, on November sixteenth, we have Venus stationing direct in Libra and Mercury stationing retrograde in Sagittarius.
1: Right. So. While that Jupiter transit is going to bring a year-long expansion energy to your house of career and supervisors um, and public standing, at the very beginning of this year-long process, there may be a little shorter period of confusion or nebulousness around that um, where things aren't quite or going forward, look like they're going forward immediately. And that's because Mercury is stationing retrograde to go backwards in your 10th house and it's also doing that square neptune when it stations retrograde so that's an extra layer of potential nebulousness around that and so for you that can kind of um be like a little bit of revisiting topics around your career first before fully going forward even though the overall energy is of expansion
0: yeah so reanalyzing reassessing um reconsidering things in terms of your career and your life direction with mercury going retrograde in your 10th house but beware of miscommunication, misunderstandings, especially ones that emanate from you since Mercury will be squaring Neptune in your first house of self, um, which is both mind and body. So be careful that um, if you do sign any contracts or have any commitments this month in terms of your career that you fully understand the situation and you're not making some sort of mistake or misunderstanding due to um, something that you're not seeing or something that you're overlooking on your part.
1: Mm-hmm. And also, just being realistic for what you can do at the time since the Neptune transit is in your first house of self.
0: Right. But that's a short transit that's happening right now, right?
1: The Neptune transit? Right. I mean, yeah, totally. It's just
0: like like a decade or so. I mean,
1: yeah, give or take.
0: Good times. Yeah. All right. So, moving on to um, the The next transit. Oh, right. We almost forgot about Venus. So, Venus as I mentioned, is stationing direct in Libra in the 8th house of other people's money and shared resources. It's actually returning back to some degrees that had already passed a few months ago where um, you already had a transit of Venus through your 8th house. And there was something you probably did or initiated that you thought was finished, but now at this time you have to return back to it because it turns out that there's something left undone that you have to come back to.
1: Right. And so... Um, for the first half of the month, Venus will be going retrograde in that area, sort of revisiting the revisiting energy of that transit um, and shared resources or financial understandings with other people's money. And then it will station direct mid-month and it will cause things to go more smoothly and kind of um, progress rather than be revisiting.
0: Sure. So this could be a positive financial development with respect to a partner's finances. So sometimes Benefic transits like that are just like positive things that are happening, like like a rectification that leads to a positive outcome with respect to a partner's finances, either a business partner or or a romantic partner. I I would expect it would be especially more positive for people that were born with night charts. Um, so sometimes it's just happening in this other person's life and is not necessarily involving you. Other times it can be something that directly involves you through like a shared set of resources or through. Other eighth house things, which can be things like taxes, um, debt. Mm-hmm. What else? Mm-hmm. Inheritance is yeah. sometimes an eighth, eighth house topic.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are most of the financial topics, anyway.
0: Okay, so yeah, that's happening at the same time of the Mercury retrograde, which is all taking place on the sixteenth of November, and that's pretty much it for the major transits that are happening in the second third of the month, and that brings us finally to the third third of the month, the mm-hmm. last the last third of the month, where the major thing is there's the second lunation of the month, which is a full Moon taking place in Gemini on November
1: 23rd. Right. So full Moons bring to fruition something that started approximately six months prior with the new Moon in the same area of your chart. And so the full Moon for you will be happening in your fourth house of home and family. And so that should bring to some sort of culmination energy um, something regarding where you live physically, something involving your parents or another family member, or something involving people who live with you.
0: Sure. So it could be a project that you started six months earlier in terms of your home and living situation that comes to completion at this time or comes to fruition in some way. It could be some development that took place in the lives of your parents or in um, your relationship with your parents that's been building up since earlier this year which somehow reaches a critical turning point now. Um, Those are usually two pretty typical uh, fourth house topics, the home and living situation and the parents. And then a full Moon usually represents a culmination of events or like a maturation of a process that began earlier in the year.
1: Definitely. It could be a move, but only if you were thinking for a while back about moving.
0: Yeah, I've seen full Moon moves before. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, well, I think is there any other transits we meant to to cover before we wrap up this this uh, recording?
1: I'm pretty sure those are the major ones that are highlighted in November.
0: Awesome. All right, well, then I guess that's it for your horoscope for the month of November of 2018 for those of you with Pisces and Pisces Rising. Thanks a lot for watching. Um, if you like this video, please be sure to like it on YouTube and to subscribe to my YouTube channel for more videos like this in the future. And uh, anything else? So,
1: um, Chris and I do a monthly podcast focused on auspicious elections, actually, a 45 minute um, discussion of the best four to six dates and times to start important things during that month in order to get the best possible results.
0: Uh, Yeah, that's called the Auspicious Elections Podcast. We release it at the end of each month for patrons of the Astrology Podcast who sign up to support my work through my page on Patreon. So, you can find out more information about that at slash subscribe. All right. Well, that's it for this episode. Thanks, everyone, for watching. Good luck in the month of November. We'll be back again next month to do the horoscopes for December, so stay tuned Uh, until then.
1: See you next time.
0: All right. Take care.